What's going on, Radio Free Van listeners? Before we jump into this episode, I did want to announce at the end, we do have an interview as part of our Fabricators of the Heresy series with powerful, powerful Jason Craze, aka Slow Fuse, from Monument Hobbies. Uh, we discussed some things like his uh, Pro Acro paint, their brand new uh, Go Bag that they just dropped uh, back in January. Uh, it's an absolutely great interview, and I would hope you guys stayed to the very end to listen to it. I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Another announcement I want to make is uh, we did make the Discord a little bit easier to get to. If you go to 30kdiscord.com or horusheresydiscord.com, it'll take you directly to the Discord. Join the community of all of these Radio Freest Van listeners and discuss some 30k heresy. Last thing I did want to bring up is we did relaunch the Radio Free Istvan patreon uh so there's some cool things in there that will get you into the crusader host group inside the discord um, as well as get the names shouted out at the end of the podcast uh, for the highest tier level uh, we do appreciate all y'all support and uh we'll let you get on to the show thank you guys this is radio free istvan the following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 159 of the Radio Freest Fan podcast, a Horus Heresy Wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host, Derek, here. Let's say what's going on, Derek. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And uh, we have a pretty good episode for you guys once mm. again. Uh, we're going to go over some of our, uh, I guess, some of our projects we have going on in the Discord group. Uh, we're going to recap some things. We're going to go over some hobby progress and... That should take up most of the episode. I think we got a lot of hobby progress that we need to talk about. There's some, some stuff we've been chewing through. And then uh, at the very end of this episode, we have the Monument Hobbies Fabricators of the Heresy uh, interview oh with powerful God. Jason Craze, a.k.a. Slow Fuse. I'm loving this series. Yeah, man, me too. I love talking to these people because um, it really gives you that, like, under the hood, like, hey, what prompted you because like everybody's got to start at the bottom right everybody's got to be nothing before there's something yeah it's like what's your what's your origin story and like literally it's just one of those things where like every single person we've talked to is just like yeah i just started doing it and it worked out pretty well because <laughs> straight up it's that, i mean that's how it happens and so uh hey i've got this problem has anybody solved this problem i'm gonna solve this problem I'm other like, people are like hey you solved that problem can i buy the solution from you sure yeah sure why not that's exactly how it goes. That's exactly how it went down. Uh, listening to kind of Jason's insight on uh, uh, just kind of his just move forward attitude, right? Oh, yeah. Just do what needs to be done attitude uh, really took him from just selling a like white paint to making a full pro acryl series. The, the dopest paint range yeah. used to date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so if y'all stick around for that, we got that going on. Uh, but let's kick it off, man. Uh, first thing I want to bring up, I want to recap on the yes. June painting challenge. 
so you have uh, it. We officially opened it up uh, one week before the end of June for that Memorial Day weekend. This month's painting topic is a five to ten man squad. Now, one thing to consider on that one, uh, I, th- I guess like Sentinels are considered infantry now as well. Yeah. So yeah, so like yeah. Uh, I've seen infantry with like bulky four or five or something like that. I think four. So yeah, so like uh, it's a five to ten man squad, but feel free to enter like cavalry or uh, anything like that. As long as it's like five to ten is like the the goal here. Yeah, it's it's not specified infantry as well. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like cavalry, you know, bikes. You want to get wild with it, you know, go crazy. Yeah, you could do a mana pool if you really wanted to. <laughs> oh, my God. five to ten man mana pool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. Uh, this month is opened up. Uh, voting's already commenced. If you want to come in the uh, the Discord and vote on May for uh, yeah for maze the monster yeah the large the model large model that voting closes on uh, June seventh. So thirty uh, k discord.com or horseheresydiscord.com come on in come vote uh or if you want to uh if you're about to get started on a new project and you want to show off your painting skills and possibly win fifty dollars to your friendly local game store uh go ahead and uh, come in and enter how about that how about that uh that being said uh, let's go to some hobby progress. All right, man. What you what you been working on? So, I switched over. So I've been working on infantry, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of my army that I have, as far as like the six thousand points wise, that's all tanks, all painted tanks right now. So a lot of the stuff that I've been putting off forever was my infantry. Uh, yeah. So powerful, powerful Jake, my roommate. You know the the super assembler that he is. Oh yeah. Um. There's been quite a backlog of unpainted models coming from him. Uh, so he puts Just like a, passively aggressing him, leaving them in more and more places. Like <laughs> you go in the kitchen, you like make some food and then there's there you sit down at your desk and they're just like around your mouse. You're yeah. Like, hey, the infantry is done. <laughs> the infantry's been done. It is, it is ready. So, uh, so yeah, I've definitely been putting off, uh, painting any infantry. A lot of it had to do with just because I can move out tanks so much quicker than I can infantry. And, uh, I have to be really be inspired by a unit to want to paint it. And I just wasn't in the mood. Uh, luckily with, uh, my newfound love for kind of like pro acryl paint and how vivid this paint is. I sat down, I plopped up my uh, my Dawn Breakers, and I said, we're going to paint these. We're going to paint these. Uh, I painted them on the uh, the Radio Free Estevan TikTok channel. I did like a live stream. That's what's up. And uh, holy cow, was I... I was worried. I, like, don't get me wrong, I was worried because I have a specific ingredient of Mephestin Red followed up by Bloody Red from Vallejo. Like, that was my... Um, my mix for yep. my Blood Angels Red to keep my army all unicorn that's, uniform uniform. That's that's the sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's the sauce. And I was like, you know what? For my infantry, I'm just gonna go 150 percent pro curl on it because I have it. I got the starter set. I got the metal set. I'm going hard in it. And I was, I shocked so many people in that live stream. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, uh, Bearded Ben. And uh, uh, <laughs> uh, for for sticking around with me in the stream, man, 
it was kind of one of those situations where I tried my normal method, which is Zenithal, and went over with the Procryl, and it's so opaque that with my light, like my ring light and everything like that, all together when it was done, it was this insanely vivid, bright red, just just on like the first coat of it. So did any of the Zenithal come through because of the opacity? Or? I had to do it extremely light. Okay. And one of the things that I do is uh, for some of the more extreme areas, I will uh, pull my airbrush back. Mm-hmm. So like for all of the stuff that I've uh, kind of got a dark, darker area, like with black, I'll pull my airbrush back. So there's, you know, more, less, I guess, a DPI for, from my airbrush. <laughs> yeah. Because there is, you know, a certain dot per, per inch percentage, you know, the further back you go. Um, and then what I did was I actually took some, um, some Drukai Violet. Druchi Violet. Drukai Druchi. Is it Druchi? Uh, that's how they pronounce it on the YouTube page. Or on the Okay. So yeah. Dr- that's, how, that's how Duncan pronounces it. So Druchi Violet uh, Shade. I turned the models over and I gave them re-added shadows with some Druchi Violet. Like a, like a reverse highlight? Reverse highlight exactly is what it was. And so that first 10 models, I was like, I love painting infantry. I'm in love. Like I'm like I'm down. Sign me up. So you got 130 models painted. So uh, I got 130 models fucking painted red, dude. It was one of those things where was that the actual number? No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Uh, it is 10, 20, 30, about 35 models painted red right now. Hell yeah! Because uh, it's just so easy. Uh, it goes so quick. Uh, as far as uh, running Procryl through the airbrush, I did have to thin it down. I put some. Uh, some acrylic medium and I mixed up a bottle of the red that I needed, which was just honestly like, like a one to two, maybe one to three ratio of a medium to Procryl to go through my airbrush smoothly without getting too, uh, broken. So one part Procryl to two parts or one part medium to two parts Procryl. It's about right. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I did that man. And, Flew, flew through that. It was kind of one of those things where I wanted to basically get the day of revelation side of, of my blood angels going. I had this vision of like kind of the classic day of revelations list, which is like Dawn breakers, uh, angels, tears, two the, units of assault squad, the hosts descending. Yeah. And, uh, so we got my Dawn breakers, got them going. I like fully painted a model through of how I think it should look mm-hmm. uh, just to get the, I guess the, the master, the recipe, right. Yeah. To see what I need to do. And so I can, I can go from there. And then I got um, 20 Mark six dudes with uh, 3d printed arms, 3d printed jump packs and uh, got those guys painted up nice and red. So they're, they're, they're ready to go just ready for waiting for their gold. And then I got my, we had actually talked about it last episode, was the uh, Montana Marble. Yes. So mine came in today. I saw that you'd been messing around with it, and I'm eager to hear what you have to say. So the method that I did, and I actually posted this full method onto TikTok. Um, so I took some resin resin cast bases that look like they were like marble concrete. Yeah. Like, like, like urban rubble? Yeah. And so what I did was I took some uh, 2X Ultra f- 
Rust-Oleum. It's like the paint and primer mix. Yeah. And I wanted that to be my base level black. Mm-hmm. And so I hit that up on all of those bases. And I wanted to still leave it a little bit wet so that... Uh, it would kind of mix in It would kind of mix in and seep a little bit was what I was hoping for. Okay. And so I, I laid that out, laid all those bases out, hit that black spray paint, and then I went through with the... Uh, uh, Montana. With the Montana, and that is very difficult to control. It is a, like, silly string. So you have to, yeah. first off, spray far away, and then just kind of aim where your bases are and just kind of hit it on the bases and then let it dry. And when it goes on, it literally looks like there is silly string sitting on top of your bases. I was afraid it was going to like leave a ridge <laughs> like where this, uh, where this paint had hit. But after it dries, it settles in and does sink into the actual other paint. And, uh, it looked pretty good. Um, so then what I ended up doing was I, I took, uh, some pigment and mm-hmm. some filter and I could have done it with us. I just didn't have any isopropyl alcohol that wasn't full of like resin. resin. <laughs> so, uh, I just took some filler, a filter and I mixed that up with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, slate gray pigment. And then I went in and brushed that pigment onto all of those bases. So it would fill in like essentially grout. Okay. And uh, that is kind of, I think it's a video, so you can actually hit play on that. And that's what it looks like with the the tile effect. I went with the seafoam kind of. Oh, that looks dope. Like the Tiffany. So one thing I'm seeing, I was looking at some videos of people doing the same effect. And I was thinking, man, I messed up. I got the white. I should have painted them white and got the black for that traditional like white marble with the black veins. Yeah. But for black marble with white veins, this looks killer. Yeah, so that's the turquoise. The only thing I want is I want to get the gold version now so I can do a turquoise and gold. Yeah, so if you wanted to do like a certain color with different color veins yes. using those two different two different color uh, marble effects would give you that. Yeah. You, you feel like that would just make it just... Do they do those in metallics? Uh, I thought they did. I thought I saw gold, black, white, turquoise. Okay, because I hadn't seen their full range on it. Yeah, they've got them in all sorts of stuff. Uh, so the effect came out pretty nice. The only thing that kind of threw me off was uh, I did go back over it because once I got the once I got the pigment down, my idea was okay. Now that the pigment's down, I'm going to hit it with some gloss varnish. Yeah, to like try to seal the pigment. Where's that? To, to seal it and to make it look like it's reflecting back as like marble, right? Yeah. Um, but for some reason, the gloss varnish didn't work. I haven't figured out why it didn't work yet, but it didn't work on all the bases. Like it just like absorbed them and stayed flat. Don't know what happened. Don't know why it did that, but it just didn't work. So I got to go back and figure out how I can gloss it. Maybe it's my can of, uh, gloss coat from testers. I didn't shake it enough or something. I have no idea. It just didn't work. And so... Stay tuned, and I will tell you what's going on there. But cool. So between that and the baby wipe method, oh, this is way easier. Okay, way less prep. It just you just do way it way easier. That's uh, exactly what I was hoping it would be. Uh, yeah, yeah, and way more apparent. That's what you did. Like it's like way more intuitive. Well, it's like it's 
it looks more like marble far away. Okay. But less like marble up close. Okay. It's, I think it, the, the problem is the problem of scale. The baby mm-hmm. white method looks like the correct scale marble. But then when you're like looking at it at a tabletop distance, it doesn't yeah. quite read. Just like sand on bases, you know, like sand up close would just be like a it bunch of like, like gravel. gravel. Yeah. Well, like this is like, it's pretty much scale. Like this okay. look, this looks like marble from farther, other, farther away, but up close looks less like marble. Gotcha. Like, so it's a, it's an interesting, it's a, a neat little tool to have in the pocket, in the pocket. Yeah. So if you're doing like a, like a character model, we had time to like put a little more love into it, then maybe do the baby white method. But if you're trying to like crack out for like 40, 50 bases in an afternoon, this is going to be a lot easier. Exactly. Okay. And there's the marble gold. So they do have it in gold. Yeah. So, okay. so they have it in uh, gold. They have it in silver. They have it in like a purple. They have it in that sea foam color I got. They have it in just green. They got like all marble effects. Like That's awesome. And truly, I don't know if it has anything to do with the paint or if it specifically is the cap you're getting. And I think you could possibly turn any Montana paint into... Uh, if if just like something in the cap is what makes it does it because the, the cap is just like a a pin cap is all it is like it's like yeah. a pin size hole that just shoots paint out of it. So the yeah. money might be in the cap. We'll see. They they might have to adjust the like paint mix to work better with the cap. Yeah, but we'll see. We might have to do some science on this. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that taken care of. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's like get the bases how I fully want them before I go crazy and do a whole army 70. of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so got that going. And then on the, uh, discord group, uh, somebody painting death guard showed off the, uh, Mark three with the, the pot bellies. Yeah. The, the extended belly plate. Oh man. Uh, there is a uh, 3D artist out there that makes these Mark III bodies. You still have to use the um, the plastic Mark III arms and like guns and all that stuff, and it mm-hmm. takes the heads, but it makes them the same scale as the uh, Mark the Mark VI Marines. Just a little bit bigger. Just a little bit bigger, standing more proud, and uh, pot bellies. Okay. And... I the gut plate, the gut plate, dude. I fell in love with those things. I love them. I love them for blood angels. Fuck it, dude. No, I loved it. And so what I did was I immediately saw that and I was like, yep, I'm printing 20. Like, <laughs> yep, going to 20. And then I took those and I was like, what am I going to do with these 20? Like, what am I going to do with these guys? And I remember it already had a Mark three, uh, jump packs printed. Ooh. And so what I'm going to do with them is I'm going to make them Mark three destroyers. Oh, and so like Mark three destroyers with their big old pot bellies. And so I like, this was all last night that I went through this. And so like my plan was I'll print these, I'll work on them today. Uh, but instead was I printed them last night. They got done printing about like one thirty, and I was like, let me go ahead and pull those, put them in the alcohol. And then I got them out and I was like, okay. And so I set them to dry and then I went back to bed and I was like, you know what, let me go get a primer on them so they're ready to paint tomorrow. So I got up out of bed, I primed them, and I was like, okay, let them dry. 
I went to go check on the cats outside. The dogs were barking for some reason in the neighbor's house behind me. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm awake. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so the, like a, if you give a mouse a cookie situation. Yeah. So then I was like, let me get one guy red, right? Let me just see what he looks like with his pot belly and red. All right. Well, I, I got him done, but I still got a, still got an airbrush full of paint. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to clean. I'm not going to clean my airbrush. And so I painted him red. And then I was like, dang, I was like, it looks pretty cool. Red. I was like, let me just paint the trim now. And then before you know, it was like four in the morning and like I had my like my pot belly like sergeant <laughs> and I was like neat. I was like, I love you. <laughs> I've only had them for 10 minutes. But if something happened to him, I'd kill everyone in this room. I'll and then myself. <laughs> Everybody in this room. <laughs> so I like he's got the big old pot belly. I did the gold trim around his pot belly. I oh, did it looks the, like a championship belt. Yeah, it looks like a big old championship. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did the Blood Angels logo inside the. Bro, I've been pushing for championship belts for events <laughs> for years. And uh, I gave him the. Uh, the. A sanguinary guard like visor open face helmet like the one with the big old oh, like bane. breathing yeah the bane so he just like okay. and i and you'll talk about it here in a minute but i'm, I'm right. going for more of like a trader side of blood angels now like yeah. I, was, I was thinking like a destroyer company and so i was like i'm Hell gonna make yeah. this guy look evil so i gave him like the the pointing uh, lightning claw and all this stuff <sighs> and so he's just this like nasty menacing looking fat little penguin like <laughs> looks like the bad guy in a dreamworks movie yeah and uh uh so yeah i'm pretty proud of it man I'm, I'm super excited and then once i got all of his gold painted and i got his decal on and i <laughs> i like tried to do the the new style like super grim dark painting where like i basically just ravaged his armor with uh uh, the sponge method. Oh, just weather the absolute hell out of it. Weather the absolute hell out of it, and then I finally I took some uh, some pro krill coal black, and I just gave him a little dusting underneath, <sighs> so he looks all black and dirty, mm. which is not very uh, blood angel of him. And so, uh, yeah, man, started something like I rarely get excited when I'm painting uh, uh, like infantry, some, like some blood angels ravagers. Yeah, but this is like uh, basically like Blood Angels Death Guard. It's like what it feels like. Some some just super filthy like... These are the guys you call when the job's got to get done. Yeah, the, like the Terran-born Blood Angels who like weren't all about that dumb art shit that Sanguine brought to the, to the Legion. <laughs> That's so, what's up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm currently working on those guys and I'm super excited about it. I do have a list kind of in mind. It's uh, essentially like... Uh, two destroyer squads, uh, two assault squads. I absolutely want to get some of those new Indominus Terminators that are coming in the new Leviathan set. Yes, I saw you and some other people talking about that on the Discord, showing the new, the, the kind of the scale of them compared They're to massive. So one of the one that looked the like way like way out of proportion is because it was on a rock, like Primark size, like like like. Uh, like Rogel Dorn size is what he looked like. Jesus, like that. That was a big Terminator. Uh, <laughs> so I just discovered that uh, Indominus Terminators are troop choice, but they are support. But you know, yeah, in the Legacies PDF, they they get the support squad rule, but they are they, they are troops. Pride of the Legion gives them line; they don't otherwise have line. Yeah, and they can take Thunder Hammers and Storm Shields. Yeah, I want to give them a warmonger and uh, bring them in Day of Revelation. So they're like, hey, we're here, by the way. By the way, 
Check us out. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and then give all my like basically the uh, as as cheesy as it sounds because it's not really like it's not a like really usable army, but the whole aesthetic of my trader blood angels is gonna be like a bunch of fat dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like as much fatties as I can get, right? So like as much Mark Three pot bellies and Indominus Terminators, just some heckin' chonkers, and like Leviathans, just Blood Angels chonk is what my trader army of Blood Angels is gonna look like. The most non aesthetically pleasing army that you could imagine. You put your army on the table, and the table just creaks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is going to be this, and like you know. My 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 crimson paladins, my angels tears, <laughs> like my uh, dawn breakers, they've been on the back burner a while. One heckin' chunker Mark Three guy just, just completely changes the game, just changes everything, and they're gonna be painted the new style, so they're gonna be a little bit visually different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm painting their arms like uh, uh, the inducti in okay. in the Siege of Sithonia books, like the black arms. Yeah. And so uh, they are going to look different than my loyalist blood angels. That honestly, that's kind of one thing I'm excited to see with those like alternate schemes from the book is because mm-hmm. like there's crazy stuff that they added in the fluff where the imperial fist in Chthonia because they held it, they were recruiting Chthonians as imperial fist inducti. Oh wow! So I, like I, I'm I'm in, I'm interested to see what people do with like alternate schemes like that moving forward. Yeah, well, my guys are going to be fully red in the normal paint scheme, and then I'm assembling their arms separately and painting those black. Hell yeah. And so they're going to have black shoulder pads. They're going to have black arms. Uh, I'm going to not give anybody the gold face helmets or anything like that. Everybody's going to have straight red helmets. And I'm going to, like, I don't know if, uh, like, I I want them to still be blood angels. Like, they still want to be, like, they're proud to be a blood angel, but I don't want them to care for Sanguinius. Like, that's kind of the the goal. I want them to be Terran-born blood angels who uh, kind of are like, hey, man, we'll still fight for the Emperor, just not Sanguine. F that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Never liked that guy. <laughs> just like a bunch of Boston accents. <laughs> From, like, Neo-Boston or something. Because <laughs> Boston still exists in the 41st millennium. Like, that area is still there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> just like just, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, just a bunch of Mark Wahlbergs, but just like <laughs> really. <This> clown? <laughs> yeah. You know, that guy with the wings. He's all badass with the wings. <laughs> Look at that guy with the wings. Look at him. <laughs> he's just yeah, flying yeah. away, flying everywhere, making us love art and shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought we were warriors. <laughs> Get out of here with your filigree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so just a bunch of unesthetic, <laughs> like <laughs> traitor blood angels. What I'm going just for? Play him like a like a wrestling villain. Yeah, because <laughs> you saw like my Adonis, right? My like my uh, my tank commander, my uh, yeah, master yeah, yeah. of armor, like full on, full on a uh, sanguinary guard armor, just chiseled chin. Like, Who the fuck is this guy? Fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> oh, the Primarch chisel your chin for you? <laughs> you got that good gene seed, man. We got Terra gene seed. That <laughs> I got your gene seed right here. <laughs> so, yeah, just a... Get, get Carl in there. <laughs> yeah, just, 
just a bunch of like just big dudes, like a bunch of like garbage men that like you know, like oh yeah, you're too good to run the quad mortar, huh? You're too good for the phosphex. Oh, you forget who who laid the foundation for this <laughs> this legion. Must be nice. You get to fly around and be the poster boy. And be the good. Look at the, the, the Paragon hero over here. <laughs> you know who I miss? I miss freaking Lionel Johnson. <laughs> he knew how to run shit. <laughs> well, I fought for the Emperor. You know, I don't need to listen to you, wingy boy. <laughs> you little mutant. <laughs> Life's so easy because you can just fly away from your problems. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's, that's okay yeah i'm in yeah sold hell yeah yeah so and I, I can only imagine this whole conversation happened internally at three o'clock in the morning when you're painting this guy yeah 100%. <laughs> i had to scoot the i had to scoot my uh, uh my euphonium away i was like hey don't no, don't no, look at them <laughs> the, the gestapo of the sanguine of the, of the blood angels <laughs> so don't listen to him don't listen. <laughs> she just Sat there painting and just cackling to yourself. <laughs> that was, dude. dude I, I was like, this that, guy gets it. I can't wait to do a pray tour. I'm gonna do the <laughs> chunky pray tour. So like, oh, like the the box ones. The box ones, yeah. The super chunky boys. Hell yeah, yeah. Except I'm gonna try and figure out a way to to force a like exceptional size jump pack on them. <laughs> so just bump that up to 120 percent scale. There we go. Yeah. So uh, that is my traitor force. That's what I'm gonna work on. Is just the most chunkiest of armies. And then I, I want to keep all the blood angel stuff because I do want to like be able to use them as ally if I have to and just like have like a full force. But mm-hmm. I, I do want them to be able to be used as traders. Oh yeah. And so they'll be essentially uh post siege traders, pre siege not traders, if that makes sense. Okay. Like like they turned at Cygnus or something? Yeah, they're like, Hey, those guys are getting a little weird, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> those guys are acting a little strange ever since Cygnus, <laughs> ever since that one apothecary went and, uh, you know, flirted <laughs> with the gods a little bit. So, uh, I dig it. That's the plan anyway. We'll see. Uh, got a lot of, I got a lot of painting I got to do, but fortunately for me, like it's kind of one of those things is once you're that motivated to do it. It's just fun at that point. Like I'm looking forward to painting the next like 19 guys or whatever. Hell yeah. So, and I've got the scheme and lock so I can do them in batches of like 10. So that's the way to do it. Yeah. The only thing I need is, uh, and I think you've sent this to me before, but if not, I need Mark three, the spoiler arms. Uh, I take a look, see what I can pull, pull up. Yeah, I need to. I need to find if, that. If nothing else, I do have. I uh, think a few bags of the the Forge World ones. Yeah, I, I got them when I like got into my Space Wolves because I picked up a bunch of the Marines from the Prospero box. I'm like, I'm, yeah, Bolters are fine. I, I don't mind having Bolter squads, but I like some guys with some like, yeah, some close combat arms. So yeah. I, I think I've got some of those I just never used. So worst case scenario, I think I can find some. Yeah, I've got. And so initially, I was just going to. I had two bags of. Uh, of Mark three Marines. And originally I was just going to s- assemble them. And then until I saw the pot bellies, but the pot bellies, I still need the heads. I need the arms. I need everything, but the body and legs from those Mark three kits. And so it was kind of one of those things like, well, I really like, I don't want bolter boys. Like I want to deep strike. 
Yeah. And so I'm going to have to source some Mark III arms. So if okay. you got some, let me know. If you have a file for them, let me know. I'll take a look. And then I'll be in that weird situation where it's like, yeah, just the shoulder pet. Actually, no. Just the head is <laughs> G-dub. <laughs> Actual. Ugh, careful where you're taking these guys. <laughs> the 85, 90% the 3D print. Put them on a really big base. There's, there's, the, the dead marine on his base is plastic. <laughs> I melted down a bunch of, I melted down the Mark III to make his I base. Bought a, I bought a plastic injection kit so I could pour, so I cut up sprues, put them in here and inject it into a you know, steel mold for my bases. I actually hollowed out my models and I inject them with melted GW Mark III Marines. That's what makes his pot belly so so sturdy. Uh, but no, that is uh, that is what I've been working on. I've also I've got been, some files for some like chunkier jetpacks. It's like a Mark IV jetpack with like extra. You know how like the Dawnbreakers have like the two like extra jets. Yes, it's like a Mark IV with those extra jets on it. It's designed to kind of like be reminiscent of a Mark III, like heavier, like like you need some some horsepower to get one of those guys in the air. I think that's what I think that's what I have. I think I think we're talking about the same thing. Uh, yeah, I have to look. It's it's basically just a very very fat Mark IV jump pack. Okay, is what I'm using for my Mark III, and it's a Mark Mark III like Mark III inspired. Yes, absolutely. Okay, hold on, let me find. Okay, it. yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about that. You do have those. I, I was thinking it was either those or the torsos, because I did find somebody who put the uh, assault harness over a Mark III torso. It's this big boy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Mark 3.5 jump pack. <laughs> El chunk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that the same one? Yes, sir. Super chunk, bro. Super chunk with pot bellies. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'd gotten confused because you were talking about those, and I was like, either those or the torsos, because I, I do also have files for the torsos with the. But you got your torso situation figured out, so. And then I don't, I'm pretty sure you were already imagining the pot belly, but these, oh my god, <laughs> with those chunky jump packs, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who's this? Uh, the creator, might... the designer, is helicopter, 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 helicopter on cults 3D. Yeah. Hell yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work. Beautiful work, helicopter, helicopter. Sorry if we just uh, doxed you to Gita, but, you know, get them while you can, boys. <laughs> get, get them while it's hot. Uh, it's, it's fair use. He's changed enough stuff. <laughs> yeah, these are uh, third generation power armor bodies. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Uh, well, hey, they, they, if they were looking for them, they're already looking for them, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, pretty, pretty excited about that. Frigid is the one that makes the Mark 3.5 jump pack. Excellent model. Oh my God. Excellent model. Such a cool jump I just think about the noise that Mark three Marines would make like landing. Like an old laptop. Oh, oh when landing. Oh, yeah. Just the, the impact. Yeah. The impact of uh, some, some heavy, heavy, thick boys landing like that. Like, like concrete rubble. And then like a little bit of like slapping a raw chicken. <laughs> and then they just go it's like the sound designer for the, like that sound effect is like the stupid stuff you've got to do to make like <laughs> it's basically just uh dropping a bunch of uh, cast iron pans onto the concrete <laughs> is what i imagine it would sound like hell yeah uh so no man uh i've been streaming on tiktok so uh i set my phone up do all that jazz and been streaming on TikTok. If you want to come in there and come hang out and yell at me while I'm doing it, because that's a lot. And, and 
It's been fun. You're going to make me download TikTok, aren't you? Hey, man, it's a good time. It's a good time. But okay. what have you been working on? So I've been in kind of a similar boat with painting infantry, but uh, without the like excitement and motivation. Oh, yeah. So uh, I haven't been at my usual setup. I've been over at the house we're trying to fix up, and I've been staying there because while we're staying there, we have a better idea of like our to-do list. Yes. Yes. And so I've got like a travel setup, and I don't have my airbrush, which is fine. Cause all my infantry just need me to sit down and like do brush stuff. Sounds like you need a Evo go bag from pro from monument hobby. Uh, honestly, I, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Cause right now I've got like my, uh, not, uh, uh, Pelican case. Yes. It's like a small one. You remember I brought it to the house when we were like, hang out. Yeah. Like I was working on like a travel setup. But oh. it doesn't work too well when you're trying to travel with like 70 infantry. No, it does not. But it, I was able to kind of get stuff over there. And I've got a place where I can sit down and like set up paint and a cup and do what I got to do. But I've been working on this. Pro- like I've been putting this project off for so long that whatever batches I was doing is just like disintegrated. So now I'm just doing my process on 70 guys. So, okay, I'm going to do golds. I want to be done with golds. So I'm just going to do golds on everybody. Yep. Cool. I'm going to do right now. I'm in like halfway through my reds. I've got my reds all based. I'm using like uh, Vallejo Hull Red from their Panzer series. Nice. Yeah. It's like this deep, like Soviet red. Oh, yeah. And then I go over that with uh, oh, like Army Painter Pure or Pure Red, I think. And I like water it down. And I could try to do like a pseudo blend to try to get some. So that blended effect, except where I don't know where I'm doing. Oh, okay. I just ha- I I need to sit down and like watch some some BB miniatures pro palette and uh, like, dude he just dropped the Blood Angels as well I so know if, right like, if you're looking for red <laughs> like, like like I said I know it's been sitting there it's like I need to I need to get into this sorry by real quick when I was talking in the Discord about how excited I was for these Indominus Terminators and how excited I was to paint them Blood Angels and then he drops Indominus Terminator <laughs> Blood Angel tutorial I was like. What is happening here? Is universe <laughs> like universe is like paint a bunch of Indominus Terminators blood angels. Hey, hey, you should do that. You should do that. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, okay. So honestly, I I can't even gauge where I'm at like percentage wise on painting these guys just because doing it to seventy guys a batch is just nonsense. It's tough. But I, I like do stuff at the house, and then I'm just like wiped from having to make a bunch of weird decisions, and then like sit down and I just. You know, throw up a podcast and just listen to something. I, I don't have internet over there, so I haven't been able to like stream yeah. to the Discord. And I it's just kind of nonsense. I'm I'm trying I know what I want to do next. And I was waiting for the Siege of Cathony to come out because I was planning on using inducti that I will now not be using because I can't use them for what I'm going to be doing with them. Uh but yeah, I'm trying to get through this so that I can I'm trying to use that excitement to push me to finish this. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, if I can learn how to do marble for bases, that would be swell. If I could just crank out 70 bases with this uh, this Montana can. I think it's definitely possible. I think I did 10 in less than 30 minutes. Hell yeah. And I mean, that's that was not using my full power. Like, I think you could probably do like 50 in 30 minutes. 50 to 60 in 30 minutes. Okay. There's no way. There's no, like, there's no way you shouldn't be able to. It's totally feasible. Feasible. Okay. 
but yeah, just crunching through that. Uh, I got my got my printing game back up and running. I was waiting, not, not waiting, but I was sitting on some uh, denatured alcohol for the cleaning process. I wanted to revamp that. And so I finally got some stuff printed where I can test that as far as cleaning it goes. Did you test it? Not yet. I've got my first build plate since is ready for me to pull it off and start cleaning it. I just need to get a vat set up of that. Um, I've got a bottle of Soraya Tech Tenacious. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to start mixing that in because that's apparently the sauce. It is a sauce, yes. So that's how you get that bendy models that don't break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just trying to like go full force back into printing, get that get the that process up and running and chugging. And then also in our local scene, I'm trying to get a campaign going for Siege of Chthonia. Oh yeah. So I think there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with the onslaught system. But first I just kinda wanna see what it does out of the box. Like what it what it makes with the recipe on the box. So I'm I'm trying to get it going locally. I'm trying to avoid as much of like myself injecting into it, like my own decisions as possible so that I like, I literally get the blandest version of it, just the, what it is out of the box. And then after that, be like, okay, this didn't work. Maybe we need to do this. Uh, I think this is not what, you know, just start tweaking things after I see how it works. Cause I don't think I'm quite to the level where I can conceptualize how everything will play out. So thankfully, there's a lot of people locally excited to jump in on that. What does the time frame look as far as like uh, how many weeks will this take? Uh, it could be anywhere from. So we're, we're, I think we're, we're kicking. Uh, I keep saying I think I need to start making decisions. <laughs> we're kicking it off on Saturday next uh, the tenth. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna have the players pack ready hopefully tomorrow so that people can just start playing earlier if they want to, and it should go between three and seven weeks. Because the Apex mission, there's not like a hard and fast date when it goes. And so I was going to be like, okay, the week's open. Submit your results when you when you get your game in. If you don't get a game in, then you just don't have anything to contribute for this week to see if we kick that onslaught off early. And so if it takes as long as it possibly could take, then after the fifth round, you automatically move into that. Uh-huh. So then week six and seven, a lot two weeks, just because that's that that's the game that kind of matters. And it also has like special terrain and like it's a little more involved. So kind of have a, a larger time frame set for that. But it could be as short as three weeks if after the first week, one side just absolutely kicks it off and just gets a stellar roll on that. Seize the uh, seize the initiative. Or seize the seize the opportunity, mm-hmm. some kind of seize roll. Looking at you, traders. We got this. <laughs> but yeah, so some of the decisions I had to make. Uh, I'm saying as long as one of the people involved in one of the players involved in the game hasn't submitted a result for that week, that game counts. So if somebody's at the shop all week and they get a game in like four or five days of the week, as long as it's different opponents, hey, all those games count. Hope you didn't use up all of your stratagems. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe you're here this week. Maybe next week you're going to be gone for a month and a half. And this is all the games you can get in. Yeah, I saw some out-of-towners were actually signing up for it. So that might have to happen. Yeah. So I'm not putting any limits on force construction or anything like that that are not involved already. 
So the Apex missions say you can't deep strike, you can't subterrain assault, you can't drop pod. I'm not tweaking that. Uh, some people were asking if Primarchs are okay. The, it doesn't say Primarchs are not okay, so I'm not banning those. Special characters, special characters are okay. Kytus Nex is specifically mentioned in the narrative for this season. Kytus, love him. Yeah. So... That is the Raven Guard Mortat, Mortat who with was like an ex-convict. <laughs> they <laughs> pulled out of jail and they were like... It's just John Wick. <laughs> yeah, it's John Wick in a Raven Guard form. Yeah. They just like lost him too. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's out there somewhere. He's doing work. <laughs> during uh, during Istvan, they were just like, hey, have you seen Cadis? They're like, no. But there is reports of people dying from <laughs> there's, somebody. <laughs> there's gunfire. <laughs> gunfire and screaming that way so that's probably him he keeps checking in <laughs> he keeps <laughs> we keep getting calls from uh frequencies we don't recognize of communicators he's taking and using <laughs> he keeps <laughs> I, I see cadence is one of those guys that like he keeps like calling into hr to ask if the, the overtime's available <laughs> <laughs> he keeps putting he keeps turning his punch card so he's out there somewhere doing something <laughs> we keep getting an expense report from him <laughs> <laughs> he goes through bullets like nobody's business <laughs> he keeps uh, he keeps expending his company credit cards getting used so <laughs> like he's out there doing something we assume it's him last time we tried to audit him it didn't go well <laughs> powerful Cadis. He just goes off and does his own thing and like comes back. He's just like, yeah, here's those ears you asked for. It's like, we didn't ask for ears, Kate. It's not starting to get ears. <laughs> Frankly, it's a problem. <laughs> People are seeing you take these ears. <laughs> it's, the inducti are not responding well to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as getting multiple games in a week goes for somebody, there, there's no like real hardcore benefits to it unless you're putting up real wins like and contributing to your your team but there's not like a progression like experience for your characters or anything where you're like stacking free upgrades on so i i don't think there's gonna be too much of a problem with it the i'm just trying to avoid somebody they're trying to play and they've already played everybody else there for the okay. week okay and if it is like hey do you want to jump in on this campaign i know i've already played but i'm looking for an opponent and if you're just going to play this one game, hey, you can drop like four stratagems. Like it doesn't matter. Who cares? Because you can use as many stratagems as you want per game, but you can each use, you can only use one of your four, or you can only use each of your four stratagems once each for the whole campaign. Okay. So once you use it, it don't come back. So if you do want to drop the one that's like, hey, your Primarch's points don't count to, towards your 25%, put, your, put them in a Spartan. Who cares? Or uh, put him in a Macedon. Who cares? Oh, lordy. <laughs> Things can get pretty interesting pretty quick. Yeah. So, it, like I said, if you want to drop him early, go for it. Uh, if you want to hold on to him, uh, hope the Apex doesn't kick off before you use him. To where... Use him or lose him? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that people do like use him here and there. Maybe we got somebody who's out of town. They'll be here this week. They might be back in a couple weeks, so they use they, they just blow two of them on a game. Like I don't know, I, I just want to put the system through its paces and then come in and start looking at what we need to change. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, it it's pretty straightforward. It's just like essentially just a campaign, and if you don't take it too uh, too seriously, 
You're just going to have fun and get games in, pretty much. Yeah, but uh, you also don't need a campaign system to have fun and get games in. <laughs> but I don't know. I like the Onslaught system. I think it's a really good core, like the smallest unit of a campaign you can get. If it's you and a buddy and that's your gaming group, I think you can get a really cool campaign in with this system. But before we start like throwing too much and overcooking it, I want to see how it goes out of the box. I'm down, dude. I'm super excited for it. Hell yeah. A lot of people are excited for it. I saw that there is quite a... What's the number up right now? Uh, so I think people who've chimed in and like locked in a force and a side, I've got about three or four per side with a handful of people who said they're cool either way. What's the minimum number you'd like to see? Uh, the minimum number, I think three per side is six people. I think that's a, I think that's like your average gaming group size of like dedicated people. Gotcha. And then it have I'd like to I'd like the idea of it being open for somebody coming in, playing a few games, and then not having to like stick around. Okay. So like people are encouraged to come in and just come in and participate in the campaign, but without having to like uh, dedicate a certain amount of like, okay, well I got to get a game every week. So I got to, you know, it's allowed for stuff to happen and you got to like step away for a little bit. Like if you don't get a game in this week, you don't have to worry about your guy not getting his progress. Like he, like the book, the conquest system from book four, like every game you played your, your, your character could get. uh, Sorry, my brain just kind of, Dropped out on me. Uh, but every game you play, your character can get certain, you know, like, uh, certain upgrades. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if I don't get a game in this week, my guy's not going to get his upgrade, and he might start falling behind everybody, and then I'm going to be at a, a blatant disadvantage. I'm trying to like avoid that. It's like, hey, this week I can't get a game in because I'm busy. I'm tied up with work, or this is going on. Something came up. You don't want people power gaming the system, basically. Yeah. So if, or if you, people not being able to power game the system. In. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the most... The, the most you could power game the system is coming in and playing one game, so you drop all of your strategies on that game. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah. also, if it's like, hey, you're trying to get somebody like into the, into the game, it's like, hey, you, you can borrow an army and come in and just play. You're going to have four strategies, so you know, you're, you're doing real well your first game. Okay. Okay. By the way... Another sidebar here. I know what all your fake mustaches look like, so don't don't try to pull that one. I uh, um, a little conversation we had a second ago about Cadis Neck submitting his special partner on a computer. Uh huh. I in my mind I was like, could this be something AR AR art could do for us? Is that what you've been doing while I've been talking? <laughs> yes, it's Cadis <laughs> Nex. <laughs> Submitting, <laughs> submitting an expense report on his computer in his home office. It's just a Raven Guard Marine just hunched over a desk and like typing. Well, there's four of them. There's four different options. <laughs> so yeah, that that's look this guy. Look at this guy. He's really? trying to figure out like his mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this oh. van was horrible to these guys. Oh, it's really cool sometimes living in the future. <laughs> That's what you can do. <laughs> it's just you just did that. <laughs> that just happened. Oh, it's so funny. 
So what do you got to get ready? Like, what, what do you have to get prepared to run Siege of Estonia? Like, so there is some specific terrain that the Apex missions call for. One of them has like grav mines and uh, wrecked ship pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's some terrain I've been helping work on for Warzone that kind of is in the same vein of uh, crashed debris. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. This is going to like also lighten a fire under me to get that done too. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's right around the corner, right? It's like September, I thought. Yeah, that's right around the corner. Well, yeah, if we're going to have the stuff done to like get the mission for the table ready and all that good stuff. Yeah, that, that has to get done. So that's mostly what I've been printing. And thankfully that can go in the background while I'm painting. But I'm also working on the house and then like help my folks with their stuff. And then just everything's just popping off this past week. And I, I sit down and I paint and I have no idea what, how far through the process I am. And then I, I finish painting and I still don't know how far through the process I am. And it's, it's rough. What, uh, uh, what kind of help do you need? Uh, I just need, mostly I just need to sit down and do it. That, that's the hard part is. Do we need to have a paint day? Will that help you out? If like we just get like all to get together and uh, paint a bunch of terrain. Do you think that would help? Maybe I'm not too involved with the painting of the terrain. Okay. And the help I am providing on that is like showing up one day and like rattle canning everything. Okay. But yeah, mostly I just need to sit down and do it. Uh, If I had to like put a percentage on the process, I'm, I got one more pass with reds to like highlight everything. And then I've got metals that are not gold. And then I've got weathering and then just little details like grenades and belt pouches. Oh, I meant for like your Siege of Sithonia stuff. Oh, that. Uh, uh, I don't know. The So the two Apex missions are the main things I'm trying to like have ready. And Do you need me to design anything up for you on the, the mine side or? Uh, I don't think so. One of the missions. Uh, so I've got grav mines. They're just like little mine tokens that I've just had kicking in my box forever. I'm just glue those to a 25 mil and call it a day. There you go. And then, like I said, the wrecked cruiser, that's terrain that we've already been working on. Even better. And you only need, like, I think maybe four max per table. But just like an area terrain piece. So it doesn't say how big it has to be. I wish it would. No. (laughs) Why would it? (laughs) You know, why would it have a stupid little thing like that? So I'm just kind of defaulting to, I don't know, six by six. Because they could just blow up and deal damage to you, you know? Yeah, well, the, the range of the explosion is the terrain itself. It's yeah. only what's in the terrain. If it was like, oh, D3, D6 inches from that, then, yeah, the bigger footprint exponentially makes that bigger. Yeah, but if you're hiding in it, you're going to have a bad time. If you have two squads hiding in it, you're going to have an even better time. Yeah, I don't know. I might aim for, like, having a squad be able to hide into it. So, like, maybe 15 guys. So, like, a. Eight by four piece of terrain. Eight by four, six by five. Just kind of somewhere that size. Makes sense. I was going to do like a crashed ship wall and then like uh, the like needlepoint mesh, like granny grading. Yeah. Work that into just like a, a destroyed floor plate. And then that's the area terrain. If you're on that, you're in the area terrain. Fantastic. I'm a big fan of like hard and fast edges on your terrain, especially if you're going to count it as area terrain. So it's not like, oh, is he, would he get a cover save from it? Does that count? Or was it like, no, if he's in it, he's in it. His foot is physically in it. He's in it. Yeah. And then the other mission, I don't think it called for anything specific. The main thing was the, 
uh, like bunker, like underground bunker ent- exits. And I think for that, I was going to use the, uh, what's, what's the called? The Dawn of War laser cut terrain. Oh, yeah. The Rapid Assault Vanguard from, is it Death Ray? Death Ray Designs, yeah. Okay, I think Death so. Ray Designs. Just because that, I think, is the right size and shape to like burst up out of the ground and it has like a little hatch on it. And it's a very clear circle or like hexagon or something like that. I'd like to have enough terrain to have two of the same mission going at the shop at one time. And then if you don't get your game in at the shop, be like, hey, here's kind of what you need. Yeah, it is a death rate design. All right, cool. I, I knew it was one of the MDF companies and I was hoping it was the right the one I said. But yeah, the, the idea is you don't have to get your games in at the shop as long as you submit a picture, at least one picture of the okay. game. Okay. Just so we can like put a collage and like, you know, have a little slideshow of fun memories. Yeah, I wish uh cuz I think is t- I think Tyler's also doing Trader. I wish he was doing I thought he I thought he signed up for Loyalist. I think he got thrown in the Trader chat. But if he is Loyalist and I'm Trader, hell yeah, cuz we're running right like Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat his ass every day at this house. <laughs> I'll go to his house too, beat his ass there <laughs> in front of his wife. Yeah, he's <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I've seen him in Loyalist chat. Oh, nice. Okay, because I'm in Trader Chat. <laughs> so there's going to be some chunky boys beating on some Ultra Ring boys. <laughs> Shoved them into lockers. <laughs> was bullying some Ultramarines. <laughs> What's up, you smurf? <laughs> Just give them swirlies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watch out for them suzerain, though. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Uh, you got an answer for them. Phosphex. <laughs> but yeah, trying to sit down and jam out a player's pack, have the have one page of everything you need to know, and then the other like the mission stuff beyond that, just so the information's there. If you don't have the book handy, you can still do this and play. You don't have to like buy a sixty dollar book to participate in a campaign. Yeah. So it's gonna be like the there's five new core missions. The deployment they use is in the book. It's just they cut out the uh, three deployments. Ambush, uh, the weird triangle one, and another one. They, they only use Dawn of War, Hammer and Anvil, and then Table Quarters. Right. So those work the same way they do in the core book. It just needs the core missions, and then the Apex missions, and then Stratagems. And then there's also Siege of Chthonia specific rules, two of which only matter if there's Imperial Fists or Sons of Horus on the table. And then one of them only matters if there's demons or psychers on the table. So I suspect that that'll matter for people playing one of those three. And should I get some demons? Should you get some demons? I got a week to do it. (laughs) Probably not. That's a tough call. I'm going to have a hell of a time painting up a bunch of chunky boys in a week. Is there somebody you can borrow a cabana from? Probably. Hey, He's the thickest of boys. And then, <laughs> and then use, he's king thick. And then use said Cabanda against them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of messed up, but appropriate. That's demons for you, Ben. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Hopefully it's a good time. We get some cool information from this. Uh, I'm going to try to take as much notes as I can. So anybody wanting to run this, uh, if we run into any issues that have to like on the fly be adjusted, have data for that. And then if 
moving forward, I'd like to see some cool stuff come out of this terrain. Because they said in the book that there will be more uh, more campaigns designed around the system. And I was thinking, you could make an exemplary battles that just has a new campaign in it, built off this system. Because hmm. the Siege of Chthonia rules is one page of extra rules and two pages, or one page of extra rules and two pages of uh, stratagems and I might have that backwards. But it's like three pages. Yeah. Of how to adapt Onslaught into specifically Siege of Chthonia. Interesting. And then maybe a new Apex mission. And that'd be an exemplary battles right there. I'll be really excited if it does take like, you know, just like three or four weeks. And then it's like, yeah, we played we played the Siege of Estonia campaign. And yeah. then, you know, play every campaign that comes out from every new black book that comes out and you know. Yeah, if you can knock out a campaign that quick, I, I think I think that that's like I said, the build this is a building block to a uh, like a if you want to do a longer more engaged campaign system i like the idea of instead of making every mission like have to figure that into the narrative once you, like once the player hits an apex mission then they play one and that's the one that counts for the narrative like that's the one that changes where the lines are on the map or changes what itself is on the map like uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it you can make it so that once you do an apex mission based on like, like you get a coin you keep in your pocket until you want to do an apex mission. And then, okay, well, this tile has like a bunker on it. I want to siege that bunker. Okay, well, I'll play an apex mission. If I win, I take that bunker. And then I get, you know, one of two stratagems to replenish my stratagems. Based on the mission I played, which is based on the tile I'm trying to affect. Like, like there's a lot of things you can do with it. And I'm trying to, every time I have that thought, make a note and then let that thought go. <laughs> Just say later, not have that poison the well and try to overcook something. later, little birdie. I gotta, I gotta try grandma's recipe before I improve on it. <laughs> yeah, if I don't know what it tastes like, how am I gonna season it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. How can yeah. you improve on something if you? Yeah. You know? So, so while I do want to say, hey, no primarks, I'm not gonna say that because one of the stratagems, straight up, like lets your primark ignore the twenty five percent rule. Okay. So if you want to bring a Primark and, I don't know, a Warhound. Yeah, I might take the Titan Stratagem and just show up with a Warbringer. Yeah, or take the Siege of Chthonia specific stratagem that removes the 25% uh, rule on Knights and Titans. Because <laughs> uh, I, I really do want to play a normal army on a normal table against a Titan. It lets you play with your models. Because I've I, I, I want to see what a Titan does in a regular game. Yeah, yeah. Like I, a, a Warlord Titan's not meant for a regular game. I want to see if a, a regular regular army like that was not preparing for a Titan can, in fact, fight a Titan. I want to see you like predict your opponent using that stratagem. Because you, you announce the stratagem before you, make your, before you like, show your opponent your list. Because they can affect your list this way. <laughs> but you know how many your opponent's using before you come into it. So it's like, okay, well, I know... I know this person, they might be bringing a Titan. I'm they going to, I'm going to go in the discord and I'm going to ask around. I'm like, can anybody, does anybody have a warlord that I could borrow from? <laughs> <laughs> just to scare everybody. It's like, why you need a warlord, bro? No reason. No reason. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's like you bait your opponent. Hey Derek, can I use this strategy <laughs> in any game? It's like, well, yeah, of course you can. Uh, the only game you cannot use the stratagem in is if the other side seizes the moment and triggers the apex mission. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like, just so. bait everybody into thinking I'm going to use this warlord stratagem and then do it. <laughs> oh my God. Or will I? I don't know. Crazy. The double bluff. Double bluff. He, he might blu- go triple bluff. He, he bluffed about bluffing. <laughs> but no, like like you trick your opponent into thinking that and they bring a titan and then you bring like your Ophanim. Or not Ophanim, uh, the Memetim. That's right. Anything <laughs> can happen. Anything. Anything can happen, baby. But yeah, I... I'm excited. I, yeah, I was more. I'm more excited about this than the damn duck die. And I was hype about those guys. Wow, I didn't even think about taking the Memetim host. <laughs> and one thing I will say: you don't have to stick with the same faction. You can change your list at any point, as long as you're on the same team, loyalist or traitor. Okay. So if you want to drop that stratagem and then play, I don't know, a Titan Legio, and your three thousand points is a warlord. You're not locked in. So you can go like Blood Angels, Traitor to Empress Children if you want it. Or yeah, as long as you're on the same team. As, as long, long as you not, stay Traitor. Yeah. Which if the teams, like people drop out, we end up imbalanced and somebody wants to change teams, we, we can facilitate that. I don't mind facilitating something like that. But, you know, if you want to, if you're thinking about building something new and you got a thing, you finish it and you want to switch to that, as long as you're on the same team, I don't care. Lovely. Now, if you do spend all 3,000 of your points on a Titan, I hope you have a plan for objectives. Table your opponent. That's it. That's all you can do. Plan on beating the shit out of the opponent. Uh, All the new core missions have progressive scoring. So, plan for that. Oh, yeah. I do like that. It really seems like they were paying attention. They're like, okay, people, people were not happy about the zero mission options of progressive scoring. I don't think every mission needs it. But I do like that they added them. Don't play at a table. Play for objectives. I mean, or if you play at a table, make sure you're really good at it. I found like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate you can't table me unit. Oh, yeah? What is it? Uh, the Calexus Assassin. Or the Colitus Assassin. Oh, yeah? Who has the, like, R2-D2 oh. rule from uh, oh, you can't uh, Legion. Shoot. You can't attack me until I attack you? Yeah. So you just leave her on the table? <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not tabled. You just can't shoot yeah. her. So. And so, uh, you know, if you do play a, I don't know, <laughs> Day of Revelation list <laughs> <laughs> or something. Or if you play uh, Lake Hammer. Uh, yeah, you know, just yeah. <laughs> or if you play, <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're at Lake Hammer Day over there with powerful Gabe in San Antonio, <laughs> just ruin everybody's day. <laughs> it's it's like, well, I can't lose. Uh, well, she's just never gonna shoot. I lose the game, but you cannot. I refuse to be tabled again. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was looking at I was looking at all the assassins' rules. I wanted to start getting an assassin. And uh, and start start messing around with that. I was put, like, the, put the fear in people. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was kind of one of those things where we were talking about it last episode, where it's like, why wouldn't you take the like, you know, now that I'm playing Trader Blood Angels, I better go pick up that new Infernus like, Abomination. Infernus Abomination. Why wouldn't I? He's great. <laughs> You're gonna see him. Like, why would I not? Yeah, no, I gotta I gotta do that now. Because he's good. And I was thinking about that with the same link with uh, with Loyalist Assassins. Like, like a Vindicare was never not good. It's still good. Like it's still it, good. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was always there and it's it's always been what it is. Range 100, Strength 8, AP2, Pinning, Sniper. Oh, hey, look at that. I got Slay the Warlord. 
Oh, thanks. Because <laughs> all the new core missions have like five or six secondary objectives. That's what I'm saying, dude. He's great. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, why doesn't everybody run a Vindicare? It's like, well, he eats up HQ choice, I guess, but. Yeah, you know. that's the only problem. Yeah. I mean, but could you just ally him in? Could you take him as an ally? Is that a thing? Uh, allied detachments don't have optional HQs. They have the compulsory HQ. Oh, dookie. Yeah. So, eh, I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of where I've been at, trying to get switch into organizer mode and like definitive making decisions mode, which that's been a problem for me because like I'm doing stuff at the house and it's like, okay, what am I doing with this thing? Where's this thing going? How are we doing this? And I'm just making decisions after decisions after decisions. And then it's like, I just kind of want to sit down and turn my brain off and let my paintbrush go. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to do this campaign. It's like, okay, well, cool. When's it start? I'm like, I'm just going to say it's going to start next week. I'm down. And by the way, here's that polymorphine rule. A unit composed entirely of models with polymorphine may not be targeted for a shooting attack, charge, or reaction of any kind by an enemy unit as long as the unit with polymorphine has not made a shooting attack at any point in the battle. Once a unit or model with polymorphine has made a shooting attack, including during a reaction, then polymorphine has no further effect. Mm Mm-hmm. There's that. There's also uh, Alpha Legion and Ducti have like a softer version of that. I think it only lasts for a few turns. It's that Legion R2-D2 rule. Yep. Uh, In the first game turn, they cannot be the target of shooting attacks. But they can be intercepted and they can take hits from wounds that scatter onto it. Mm. So if it's like, hey, I've got stuff coming in turn two. I need to survive turn one. If you're Alpha Legion, that's another option. Super good. Dang, I don't think you can take her in Day of Revolution now that I think about it. But it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll figure that out later. That's not why we're here. <laughs> yeah, aren't you playing Trader anyway? Yeah. Shame. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been what I've been doing. Trying to trying to shift back into the same mindset I was in when I just powered out like hundred and twenty space in a month. I'm proud of you, dude. Trying to channel that, Derek. Hey, channel it. Channel it hard. Because think of all the happy faces that you're going to see. Yeah. Like that. And I just, I want to get working on this new project because I'm excited for that. And I want to talk about it. But if, if I start talking about it, then it like robs the serotonin from when I show off that I did it. And it's not going to be nice. Anybody excited to see that? I'm sorry. That project is uh, going to happen at some point. But that, that kind of wasn't what I was, what I was building towards. That was just a cool idea I had, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. And I was always thinking about redoing nights. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, Lucas. I know I know you were hyped, real hyped to see that. Now y'all just going to have to see some chunky boy blood angels. <laughs> I might need to get those files from you. I might need to <laughs> Chunky boys all's, all around. All I'm saying is, like, I, I'd been considering some chunky boys. Thicker and than a bolo oatmeal. And then you roll out all thicker than a Snickers. <laughs> Well, man, if that is all you have, uh, I do have a pretty sweet little interview with Jason Craze from Monument Hobbies. Yeah, I mean, that's all I had. There's there's a game I was going to talk about last week that I forgot because I was so excited for the book. Mm -hmm. I I saw a game with Tyler and Crossplane. Did you learn anything from that game? Uh, Yeah, I learned I need to stop talking before I open the book. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Uh... 
I don't remember what rule it was specifically, but I was like, oh yeah, I think it works like this. And then I flipped open. I'm like, oh, nope, I'm wrong. And so I was like, shame. I'm gonna call a podcast. I'm gonna call you out live on podcast. I'm gonna leave a voicemail. I heard you were ref in that game. And then Tyler was like, yeah, apparently, uh, apparently red butchers, red did. butchers get eight wounds a piece. I was like, Derek's attacks. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah, they dude. get eight attacks each. I was like, wait, was like, Derek, no, they, no, they don't. Like, that's, <laughs> what, that's what Derek said. Like, I don't think Derek would say that unless he thought he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> no, they don't. And then, uh, I was trying to do all the math. That's when I learned that lightning claws, dual lightning claws, get plus two attacks instead Hell of plus yeah. one attacks, which has changed my list Oh yeah, of Indominus Terminators. Yeah, he's like, Derek, how the hell are these Terminators getting so many damn attacks? I'm like, well, they get, what, two each, plus, uh, one, plus one for charging, plus one for charging and being world eaters, uh, plus one for being, some, plus one from the warlord trait of the guy they're with, uh, the, and then plus two for their lightning claws. They get seven attacks, eight attacks on the sergeant. That butcher's blade or whatever. Yeah. You're like, how are they getting two attacks for, for lightning claws? I'm like, it says right here, if you have two lightning claws, you get plus two attacks instead of plus one. You're like, oh. So, yeah, I think we all learned something from that game. <laughs> yeah, this is one thing that I think some people have been overlooking a little bit because it's just a little, little tiny bit right in the middle of the power weapon section. So, but yeah, anything else you learned from that game? Uh, not really. Not that I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to ref games. It's probably like one of my favorite things to do. It's just kind of like uh, uh, sit over the game with other people playing and help out with learning rules because generally what's going to happen is you are also going to learn something even though you're not fully paying, playing and you're not like invested in, right? <laughs> like you're yeah, like just being there to flip through the book. Yeah. Like, oh, I, this never came up because it's not something I run. Let me take a look. Like I, I trust you when you say it. I just want to see what it says. Oh, I learned something today. And then whenever you do, like, you know, correct somebody, you know. <laughs> you, you get to be the guy. You get to, hey, pull up your armband. <laughs> By the way, he's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hell yeah. But, all right. Uh, so, cool, man. Yeah. For all of you all that didn't know, Lightning Claws get plus two attacks instead of plus one attack for extra weapon. Those extra close combat weapon. Yeah. Super tight. So with that being said, we'll wrap up. We'll go ahead and kick over once again to Jason Cray's interview with Monument Hobbies, a.k.a. the mm. creators of Pro Acryl. And uh, we'll see you guys there here in a bit. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, as promised, we have powerful Jason Cray's, a.k.a. Slow Fuse from Monument Hobbies, the uh, quote unquote uh, king nerd of the uh, <laughs> of the Monument Hobby space. Uh, some of the things I want to talk to you guys about, I mean, obviously, if you hear Monument Hobbies, you probably are thinking Pro Acryl, right? This is going to be uh, the line of paints that Monument Hobbies is kind of, uh, it's their, their flagship right now. Everybody, it's, uh, I think everybody calls it the, uh, the, the Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid now, because I think it's, I see so many people yeah. switching over. And uh, so we, we wanted to sit down, talk with you, Jason, and say, man, what do you guys got going on over there? It seems like overnight everything has just kind of moved over to this uh, to these new paints and and you know some of your hobby pro your hobby products that you've come out with they've just been almost ex like fit this exact niche that seems like everybody was needing and so I mean what's going on over there what where, what's your background Jason? Well, thanks for having me. First off, glad to be here. I, I think you know that's a boy that's the that's that's the magic question, right? 
the uh, my background's easy. I'm just a nerd. Um, you know, I've, I've been painting models and miniatures since I was eight years old. So, and, and my mom swears it was before that, but I, I don't remember anything that long ago. It's forever ago. I, my birthday was just yesterday and I'm 53. So I've been around since before dirt. And, uh, you know, so painting is just kind of what I've always done. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just like, like so many of us, it was what you did in the in-between spaces. You know, you went to work, you, you hung out with your friends, you did your family stuff, you did life, and then you fit your hobby in where you could. And, and of course, I, I've been hobbying since before there was really a, a life in the hobby, so to speak. There are very few people that you could say were, you know, professional hobbyists, I guess. They've always been there in, like, the scale model world, maybe. But for gaming, you know, there, there wasn't a lot there. Battletech was the first tabletop war game I got into that had anybody really following it. And, uh, you know, in the age before the Internet, even that was very rare. I think comic book conventions were the only place you could go back in the in the early 80s mid 80s where there were other nerds that were doing this um and then it was you know hard to find product so uh, you know growing up in that i think you start to look at at all the the nuances of the hobby in a in a way that are like you know you stick with it it goes through life with you it's like that trusted uh friend that's you know always there when you need it um if you're having a rough time you know, you can go sit at the hobby and, and take a load off and, and uh, kind of zone out and find your peace again. And then sometimes you get too busy and it's not there. You just don't pay attention to it. But it, it all your stuff sits in a closet or in a storage facility and it's ready when you are. So it's been like the perfect, you know, uh, sidekick for me in my life and all the craziness that I've gone through. And uh, I just decided, you know, um, I guess it was the the early 2010s that, you know, I wanted to make a, it into a career that I've been doing this my whole life. And, you know, it was always leaning into my art to find solace. And I was like, you know, but I've been doing this long enough and I'm a product development guy. And so I know there are some things that I'm not real happy with. So what if, you know, we just started, you know, making products to fill little niches that we thought we could do better at. And so, you know, I think being a hobbyist is really the, the key factor. Um, of knowing what you want to do in the hobby. You know, if everybody had the opportunity to say, Hey, what would you do if you were going to be that, uh, that quintessential, you know, trapped on an Island? What's the, like in the case of ProPro, what's the paint you would want to have on that Island? If you had no other, you had, you know, you got one thing. Um, and I was like, well, it doesn't really exist, you know, because like everybody out there, I was like, well, I use this paint for this and this brand for this and this brand. And while there might not be a, a complete silver bullet because everybody paints different, you know, we always talk on stream, like there's a way there's as many ways to paint as there are painters. Um, and I firmly believe that I don't, I don't think you want to order creativity too much, but I knew there was a better way to handle and to create a paint that would do everything we wanted to do as, you know, a, a, a group of people that paint little sculptures um, very different than painting on canvas, very different product we need, very different methods we employ. Um, and, and so that was it. So the fun thing for me as a product developer, I've, I've been a, a glorified inventor for most of my career. I was in electronics and music and, and all that. And it, it evolved into me creating products to do the things I love doing. And, and so that's the fun part, you know, it's like, okay, I want to make a bed for us. It was like, we want to make a better titanium white. You know, we want to make a white paint that works really, really well for painting on models. And um, can we do it? And we answered the question and, and did so well with it that we had to, <laughs> and it started to say, Oh, well, now we got to make other colors. So how do you do that? Okay. So, you know, you go up and figure it out. 
Is that how like it, it started? Was that kind of the the keystone there? Was it like, hey, let's oh, make yeah. a white, and then it's like, hey, let's go ahead and thin this down a little bit so it's thin out the pot, and then it just yeah. kind of started tumbling and tumbling. Is that what? It, it, Man, it's a, it's a good one. Then this is like the prime place to talk about it because I was painting the Forge World Eidolon, the Horus <laughs> Heresy, when they when they first came out with the you know the Horus Heresy and the armies were coming together, and I had a. Uh, I was doing commission painting and the commissioner was from Australia and I was painting an emperor's children, all forge world emperor's children, horse heresy army. And he had gotten the forge world back in the, the day they made the forge world air paints. You know, they, oh, yeah. before GW decided they were doing airbrush paints, they were all forge world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they came in the weird bottles. And, uh, and so he bought all those paints along with all the models and had them shipped to me. And we were on stream. We do a live stream and have for so, over seven years. And we were painting live, and uh, and I was doing his white cloak. You know, he wanted a box art, so I was doing the box, having a lot of fun with it. Really enjoying painting the guys, um, going through all the stages of purple and gold. And oh, yeah. this white cloak on Eidolon was such a pain in the butt. And I was using, um, you know, another company's white, and and it just was doing what white does. And it was giving me the hassles live on stream, which is so embarrassing, right? You're painting in front of, I think we probably had, I don't know, you know, 50 to a hundred people watching me paint this thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh my God, dude, you know, like I quit, I'm not doing this. And and I said, I'm going to show you some magic in paint and I'm going to make some white right now and got up off of my, my chair and grabbed my, my stuff that I keep and some artists white and some mediums and mix it all up in a cup and poured it in the airbrush and sprayed it and instantly got the white I needed and, and was angry with myself for fighting it so long with this other stuff. But the way you have to treat all those products and mix them together is a hassle. It's not what you want to do, right? I'm lazy (laughs) ultimately. And, and if I'm painting and I'm looking like most of us are for my painting to be quality time, well, then I want to spend my time painting. Yep. I don't want to spend my time on the palette figuring out how to make the paint work the way I need it to work for the model I'm working on. I want to grab the color I want. I want to put it on the model, and I want to paint more models. Um, and so that was how it happened. You know, so I blame the Horus Heresy, right? I blame I blame <laughs> those filthy heretics, the Emperor's Children, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, man, they, they demand the perfect white, right? They demand. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, you're painting Fulgrim, you're painting Idol. They got to be perfect pretty boys you know so yeah so we did the white and it, and it knocked everybody uh speechless and everybody in chat it just kept rolling hey we would buy that from you you should make that hey we would buy that from you you should make that and i was like nah whatever i'm never gonna make my own paint and uh, by that point in time we were already making brushes uh we had already come out with our line of sable brushes uh i think that i i don't the timeline might be off but i think jen was my partner jen was already making our brush soap um our brush cleaning stuff jen's uh drunk drunken brush goop and so we already had some products, our go bag, our travel bag for putting paints in and things like that. And we had built all this stuff and we're starting to be a, a you know, product manufacturer. Um, and, and paint was the furthest thing from our minds. You know, we, we are always thinking like, oh, we'll just be kind of a small niche product thing. We'll make solutions that fit the industry. But, you know, paint was really not on the radar because number one, we were small. Um, and having been in manufacturing for years in other industries, I know what it takes to start making products at large quantities like that. And there's a whole manufacturing process and machinery and costs up front and everything. So, you know, we, we just didn't think about it. Then everybody said they wanted to buy the white. And Jen and I got to mixing by hand, like Witches Brew style, this, this white that we called Special White. And we put it in these, you know, uh, uh, got off a little empty plastic bottles. We got off of Amazon, you know, 50 or 100 at a time. 
and uh, made batches of 50 or 100 paints and we couldn't make enough. And it got just insane at a point. We were like, all right, this is stupid. We can't keep mixing this in our kitchen. You know, that's not going to work. Um, and so we decided to get serious about it and reached out uh, to some people that I knew for my uh, uh, electronics production. Uh, actually, a, a guy in, a friend of mine in Taiwan that uh, made uh, like little tiger games, you know, those handheld electronic oh, yeah. games. He was oh, in yeah. the toy industry, right? And, uh, and I was like, hey, do you happen to know anybody in art supplies? You know, anybody that does paint, you know, and I reached out to our brush manufacturing partners and stuff like that and finally found a couple of people that did. We didn't wind up working with any of those labs um, because we there were some some lost in translation issues with uh, the first lab we dealt with was in Japan and they made very good fine art products. But when they when we started saying we wanted a liquid acrylic, they immediately in their brains because of the way that industry works, they went to kind of... Uh, lower end you know like school children style liquid ah, paints you yeah. know and and it was very difficult to have those conversations so you know it's funny and there are companies out there that their whole life is making liquid paints house paint companies as a matter of fact the some of the biggest manufacturers of the other brands of paint in our industry at, at their core make house paints right they make latex and acrylic house paints um and and industrial paints and so they make it in big you know five gallon buckets for people like home depot and stuff and so those are the industries that really know how to do that and the art industry doesn't really necessarily know yeah. how to make these paints and it is a different world um and so we had to to some extent bridge that gap we didn't want to go with the same factory that makes the paint for everybody else in our industry because then it's just the same and that wasn't kind of our our mentality um if we were going to do it we wanted to make it different and man, is it different? <laughs> it is, uh, it is, you know, it's, it's insane to me. You know, I, I, I just, just some background on how I found myself in the pro pro acrylic game. Right. Um, I just tested out my, my biggest thing was I've heard a lot of good things about pro acrylic. It's like, let me go ahead and try out, uh, these paints. And first off I was like, okay, what color should I get? And immediately it's just like bold red coal black, yep. you know what? Everything makes sense. I don't have to understand what, you know, I think the joke was what wizard's blue is or something like or wizard's <laughs> blood. <Yeah. laughs> like, like I don't, I don't have to know what, yeah. who a Kislev is, right. Or anything like that. It's like, yeah. I, just, I can just figure it out. Right. And so, uh, that was one of the big things that immediately sold me. I was like, okay, well, if they can get white, right, which you definitely got white, right. Uh, if they can get red, right. And then if they can get a, a coal black, like a, like a dark gray for me, then I'm, then I'm sold. So I just picked those three up, uh, from, a, a battle pub in San Antonio. Nice. And, uh, uh, I think I, the first time I painted with them, I was like, yeah, just go and give me that starter set. That's it. Like, that's it. Weird. <laughs> and, and you know, and I think it's, it's definitely one of those things where there's so much practicality on how you guys, uh, kind of assemble your products and bring your products together. You know, obviously just from the, from the get go, it's like, Hey, let's go ahead and pre thin those paints. Let's get them ready to use out of the bottle. I mean, that's just immediately easier. Let's go ahead and give them names that actually make some practical sense. Right. That's what I want to see. I want to see names that make practical sense. Uh, let's go ahead and put them in a, in a, in a, in a dropper bottle. Right. And that's pretty standard across industry. Let's go ahead and get that going. I mean, all of these little decisions you make to just make thing, everything easier. And then on top of that, you say, Hey, let's go ahead and put that in a starter set, like a core box. It's like, if you have this, you can use everything and get going. I mean, it's a win, win, win for everybody that picks up those boxes. I mean, hands down, 
Um, there, there's been a, a bunch of people that you know that have asked me. It's like, hey, how are you liking Pro Krill? How's everything going there? It's like, should I try? It's like, hey, just pick up that dollars. Like, pick up that box. You know, you play Horace Heresy. You play. You're in War Gaming. A hundred dollars. Just don't buy that model this week. Just go ahead and pick up this box. And it's, if, it's a shame that yeah, if you play, <laughs> you preface it with, do you play Horus Heresy? Then you can afford a broker base. Yeah, you no, know, that, that might be our next ad. But yeah, uh, you know when we, and, and it's awesome to hear that because you know we struggled initially with, you know, I, I don't want to say imposter syndrome because that's the, in, but it's the thing that I think will resonate with people because as you come out with a product, you you want to be able to separate your product from the sea of sameness that exists if you're walking into a space like that and there are some great manufacturers of paint that have been in the hobby industry forever you know um i've used those paints i painted for decades with everything from citadel vallejo testers uh you know posh uh, you name it there's been all sorts of paints that i've discovered along the way and i've enjoyed all of them for certain things and so when you say to yourself, hey, what I really want to do is combine the best parts of everything I've ever used and make a paint that does that. And it's like, you know, you have no idea. I'm not a I'm, I, I'm not a chemist at that level. I know enough to be dangerous. I know a lot more now, um, you know, but at that I was like, I know from saying that, hey, I want to make a new uh, audio amplifier. And in that amplifier, I want all the best parts of every other audio amplifier ever made. Right. Well, you can have that discussion. You can sit down and you can see why certain things don't go together very quickly from an electrical standpoint. You just know from an engineering standpoint, you're like, okay, this doesn't mesh with this. You choose one or the other. In paint, I didn't know those things. So I was kind of a bull in the china shop. And so we really wanted to set ourselves apart and do the things that you've noticed, right? It's a little bit more fluid, but it's still super opaque. Super it opaque. doesn't, we don't sacrifice having a thin paint. You know, a lot of people will ask, hey, is Pro Acryl good for airbrushing? Or like, it's great for airbrushing, but it's not an airbrush paint. And people kind of look at us funny when we say that because we want to make sure everybody understands it's a paint that's meant to do everything and it does everything very well and it's not pigeonholing itself. You know, one of the one of the big things we tell people is we don't believe you should have to buy a second line of paints to paint a certain way. You should buy one line of paint and put all your favorite colors together and every time you grab your favorite color, you can do anything you want to with it. So that was kind of the, the fundamental base of what we did. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The the extreme opaqueness, kind of that that high pigment value inside those paints itself, yeah. it's just one of those things that you know. You know, I'm a pretty heavy airbrusher myself, and so that was kind of the big thing. Is was like, if it's going to sell me, it needs to be able to airbrush well. And as soon as you put any sort of uh, acrylic binder or anything like that, and just you know, kind of some medium and get that spread out a little bit, you always expect it's like, okay, I'm going to lose some pigment in here. I'm going to lose some clarity, and it's like. I've never painted with a paint that's been this high quality, high amount of pigment in here. It's so opaque. And so you just kind of have to like, you kind of have to like reteach yourself in some ways. You're like, well, normally this would take me a couple of, a couple of, uh, yeah. uh passes with the old airbrush to, to fill some of this in. It's like, I gotta, you know, I gotta move out a little bit here. And so it was funny when we were first testing it. Cause of course, you know, there were people that have been with us in our community in the, the from the original days of slow fuse gaming when we started down the paint journey and then when we finally found a, a paint and a you know a, a formula and a partner that we enjoyed working with it was like well we got to change the name but we had people that had been watching the stream that whole time and they would see me you know like testing hey we just got 
you know, uh, a new batch from the lab of these colors. I'm going to mix these together and get the color that we're looking for. And we're going to do it. I'm going to run it through the airbrush and show you. And there were times where I would airbrush it. And then I would just kind of get silent and stare at the camera. And I'm like, ah, that's too easy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so there were people that were along for the ride with us as we were doing the testing. Cause I wasn't afraid to just do it live, you know, just do like, like this is what we're thinking. This is what we got. What do you think? And he'd spray it. And I'd be blown away. Chat would be blown away. Everybody's blown away. And I was like, yep. All right. We're selling that, you know? Um, and and it, it just worked really really well um you know because we were able to find some new ways we have a tremendous lab that we work with um and unlike a lot of other um paint manufacturers we're able to change things as we want to really right to find new chemicals uh new additives new combinations that will alter the way a, a, a fluid suspension, like what acrylic paints are, operate. Instead of just having to pick through a menu of like, okay, these are the things I have available to me, pick the ones you want, and then pick your colors. You know, we can actually go in and say, hey, you know, this doesn't work the way we envision it working. Um, we'd like to try adding in this other chemical or, you know, hey, does something exist that will allow this to happen? And the lab is really great and helps us and says, oh, you know what, let's try this. They're just as willing as we are to try new things. And and that creates a better overall experience because I can invent the way that I'm used to inventing in, in other uh, avenues. Um, and we can actually, you know, create new stuff, whereas you don't see a whole lot of new, you know, paints the wheel. You're not going to reinvent the wheel very often, but there are some neat things that you can still do with it. How many, uh, I guess when you started this kind of venture here and you were, you said you were testing a lot of things on stream, uh, did you have any duds that you were just like, Oh no, (laughs) this is not. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was part of the thing. I really believe that, you know, you, if number one, we like our community is kind of like family. It always has been, you know, it kills still to this day. Our discord remains the, one of our biggest like, uh, product development platforms, you know, we talk to people in there, they get to come see it on the stream. Um, you know, just the other day I showed off the varnishes that we're planning on releasing in July and, you know, I'm showing people and, you know, you, I'm, I'm never afraid to have things go wrong. Right. And, and I feel like we gain the, the industry's trust better when we just show you that we use our products live, no filter. Full transparency. It's part and parcel (laughs) to who we are. But yeah, we had duds. We had colors that would come through, mixes that I would do that, you know, the pigment would spread out too much. It would not hold in the the uh, chemical base that we'd use. The resins were wrong. Um, gummed up the airbrush a bunch of times. We, we, I won't say we fought because it was all kind of, you know, semi-expected. You know, when you know the chemicals that you're you're using and you know there's a chance of things going wrong and then you, you see how it actually acts. And you're like, oh yeah, there really isn't a way to get over that. Um, you know, so that didn't work. We had a, a product that we're, we're coming out with this year that we tested a few months back on stream and just went in hot, just been in like, all right, here's the idea. I'm going to show you. I have not done this, you know, in, in, without you guys is the first time. And we threw it on the model and we worked with it and it wasn't quite what we had been expecting. It didn't work quite the way we did, but we were talking through it on stream and chat was giving feedback and, oh, you know, it ought to act like this instead. And I started, oh, well, maybe I add this and do it. And so live, we kind of altered the way the formula worked and then we're able to know exactly what we needed to do to dial it in. And so after that, went back and tested it off screen and then came back in a couple of days and said, okay, look, I fine tuned this. How about this? And it worked perfectly. Um, and you know, so we've got a neat, 
surprise product coming out in a few months that uh, I think is going to blow people's minds. And we did it all live on stream like that, just because number one, you can get really good feedback from people who also paint. Um, but also just because I think it, it brings some fun to the whole process. You know, people get to see you. And uh, while it sounds stupid to, to say that you, you get a lot of success from your failures, you really kind of do. You know, it, it puts a different reality to it when people can see how hard you work to achieve a goal and the stumbles that happen along the way. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff, even in our little niche industry, you're still going to run across products that haven't really been proven out. And it's almost like you feel like, I call it the video game problem, right? They use you as the guinea pig. You know, all the video game companies now release their games and use you as the cheapest playtesters on the planet, right? As a matter of fact, you paid for the game to playtest it, right? And so... You know, I, and we don't believe in that. We want to make those stumbles on our own. And it's fun to have people along for the ride. So, Oh, yeah, dude. The community is going to find somebody to root behind. You know, it's always nice when they're along for the ride, too. It's like, man, I saw this from the get-go. You know, I saw every last bit of this. And so... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a badge of honor for a lot of people. A lot of people still have the original bottle of Special White in the the little, you know, milky white bottle with the green lid. And we, Jen and I just hand drew a red heart on the side and wrote SFG on it and mailed it off $3.85 <laughs> buy some white paint and we would mail it off and it was great. And people still have those bottles, you know, and have them on their rack. And like, I was there at the beginning, the dawn of time of monument. So it's fun, man. That's gotta be cool to have. Uh, so, so definitely, you know, you know, we talk a little bit about the Discord and everything like that. Luckily, I've, I've hopped in that Discord. I've seen kind of the community feedback you get. You see a lot of the people doing uh, work like that. And so I've seen you kind of tap into some of those ideas from the Discord, you know, as far as, uh, you know, paint, uh, uh, paint recommendations, all that. But it also sounds like you're also, you know, reaching out to... Uh, to other professional painters, other content creators like Ninjon and uh, Vince Ventrella. Yeah. And, and I, I, w what was that like? Is that kind of a, uh, you know, it's like, Hey man, our hobby brains can only go so far. Let's go ahead and see where else we can start tapping into the community here. It's funny. Um, as a, as a company that quite literally started from content creator, right? Uh, oh yeah. So much like you guys with the podcast, we did our stream, um, we didn't make any products day one. We just said, hey, I've been streaming video games for years and I was sick of it. And I was like, but I love the community aspect of streaming. So is there a way to direct the stream towards something that's fun for me again? And I was like, well, I have this thing I do over here. And so we brought it, we started painting on stream and we started rebuilding a community because we lost, shed a lot of the people that were only interested in video games, of course. Oh, yeah. um, but nerds are nerds and a lot of people stuck. And so we kept painting and, and, and doing it and so content creation's always been at the core of who we are. And as we see new content creators come and old content creators who've been doing this for a lot longer than we have, um, you know, we befriend those people. They become part of the, the family of our products just by using them and meeting them and seeing them at shows and, you know, talking on the Internet or hanging out in their streams, whatever. And John and Vince were two big components of that. And I just, you know, I we're i don't know that we're weird we like to say we're weird i don't know how weird it really is but one day we we're just like you know what we have we have a chart of all of the new colors that are on the roadmap and you know we start thinking like hey you know what it would be kind of cool if we found a way to help out some of the content creators that are out there making such great content in the community um i wonder if anybody would be interested in having Pro acrylic colors, you know, tied in with them as kind of a signature thing. 
Um, you know, other industries do it. You have oh, Michael yeah. Jordan shoes oh, and, yeah. and so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a thing that's that kind of sponsorships happen for decades and decades and decades. So, you know, we were like, you know, in the paint industry, it's like, you know, I think that would be fun. And I think it would be, if we did it right, it would be a great way to give back and create revenue for these artists who, you know, it as well as anybody, right. With the podcast, like if you're trying to create revenue for a life on your own, that would help your passion fund your life, right. Is a huge thing. You know, we all have passion projects and we all like to think about the idea of I really wish I could do something I love every day and not just go and do the grind and then come home and, you know, live between the lines. And so we're we're big on that. And we're like, hey, you know, we know a lot of people that do this. We we help sponsor a lot with our affiliate program and all that. And I was like, what's the next level of that? And so as we know, these people that have hundreds of thousands of followers and have great reach and do great things and you see that. It, it ne the struggle never changes. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? never. It, 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 I think the struggle only gets harder and harder and harder as you get better at it. And um, and so we just on a whim reached out, and uh, you know John and Vince were all about it. You know they were like, yes, we have some colors that we always find ourselves mixing, um, and it was kind of a, a a hybrid of colors we had on our roadmap that I basically said, hey, here's our roadmap for the next twelve months of the colors we plan on releasing. You can choose from those first if any of those, you know, are things you would use. And I don't know that half of them were probably about a third of the colors in the signature sets were things that were on a roadmap. And then we worked with them to say, hey, but we have colors that we use all the time that nobody makes or that people that make it, it's always inconsistent batch to batch. Like I'll buy one and then when I run out and buy it again, it's a different color. Right. Um, and so we were like, OK, well, we have that part knocked. All of our colors are always the same anyway. Um, and so, we, yeah, we just sat down and worked through it. And it was great. I mean, those guys are great just, just as personal friends, but the process was really good. We learned a lot from it um, internally on how to bring it to market. And it was our largest product release of all time when we did the Signature Series. And that just dropped in January of this year. And it was it was literally the, the biggest product we ever released. Um, and so now it's branching out. We're about to come out with Signature Series 2. Uh, we've got Signature Series 3 in the works. And we plan on a Signature Series 4 sometime mid to late next year as well. So you know, I, I feel like that's a great way. And it's proven that the community, because one of the big fears is that, you know, the community might look at it as, as shilling for product. And we don't ever want to put anybody in a position where they may get put on that altar of shame, so to speak, because, oh, it doesn't matter if the product's right, you're just getting paid. And, and so we were very upfront about that. We said, we don't ever want to do anything with an artist that puts them in that position. You know, so number one, the product has to be right. And we stand behind the product 100%. Um, but we also say that the artist has to stand behind the product 100%. It has to be something they're willing to defend and use and show. Um, and those guys jump right on it. So I think as long as, as you know, we keep attacking it like that, it's great. You know, and, it, and the community dove behind it. They love seeing it. They love supporting their, you know, the creators that they get so much good info and education from. So it's been lots of fun. I love it, man. I, I, I truly do. And it's... I do like how you understand the community. You're like, Hey man, like, I don't want to call it like, I don't want these guys to be branded as sellouts, but I want to work with them. You know, I want to be a part of them because they're my friends. And like, truly that is how our, you know, small batch of a community works. Right. It's everybody helps each other out and everybody, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like, man, I want to work with them because this is who I am. This is my buddy. I've known him for years. 
Let yeah. me see if he's in, if he wants to jump on this. And I, I love how you're just like immediately aware of that. You know the community deep enough. I, I love it, dude. I, I, I'm, I saw your signature. It's not always easy, right? It's not always an easy question because, I mean, we were scared. I, I say scared. We were fearful of, of putting people in bad positions. We were fearful of what the backlash might be against the company. Yeah. But at some point in time, you have to be like, hey, listen, you know, we, it, I think one of our biggest fears is that we support so many other content creators. Yep. And so we were expecting that everybody would say, hey, when do I get my paints? And we were not ready to deal with that. We were like, you know, we thought about it, but we were like, well, we don't have a good answer because we can't obviously make paint for everybody. We have to be smart about the people we can make paint with so that the reach is there. But when we would explain it, we're like, listen, the worst thing in the world is if I make a color for that has your name on it and nobody nobody flocks to it, yep. then I don't want you to feel bad because that doesn't make you less important because somebody doesn't maybe recognize your logo, doesn't recognize your name or something. So we're always... We're always, I think, cognizant of it. It doesn't make it any easier to navigate, no. but it is the way you hope the community can work. And I know that it, it can be a struggle sometimes, but we truly believe that our community is unlike other industries I've been in and that we don't have big advertising gears that turn. We don't have a great way to get in front of people to show them who you are. Um, you know, our, even our retail network is not Target and Best Buy and big box places. It's nice mom and pop. FLGS is that you you want to go walk into and spend time in you know you're not trying to get in and get out as fast as you can in a good store and and so our whole community is built over community and that that feeling of wanting to be a part of something and a place that feels comfortable and and how do you do that as a manufacturer (laughs) when when you're like people can look at you and say oh you're just trying to make more stuff and and sell more things and you know blah blah and uh, yeah, so we try to navigate it as well as possible. It's not always easy, but it's been fun. I promise, man. I, I promise your your product, your, your paints, they sell themselves. And that was kind of one of the big things where it was, uh, you know, I went in skeptical. You know, I went in, you know, obviously it's like, <laughs> yeah. look, I've been painting for a while. And this guy over Battle Pub Jazz, he just wants to sell me some paints, right? Like that's what exactly. he, he just wants to get me moving with some paints. So it's like, let me go in skeptical. And then you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like overnight, you're like, this is so groundbreaking and different. Like this is truly a superior product. This is, and you know, you try it and it's like, you know, you tell your friend, it's like, Hey man, if you don't, if you buy the starter set and you don't like it, I'll take it from you and I'll buy it from you. No problem. It's just, it's just closer to me. Right. And then that person tries it and then, and then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, y'all are just in the Kool-Aid and you know, it's just like, no, which is a superior product guys. Like <laughs> it's so funny, right? It's like, it's not a cult. I swear it's not a cult, you know? It, and, and it's, it, it is something that's been really fun to watch because again, it's, it, you know, you're always, I think a little fearful when you invent something, it's like, what if nobody likes it? You know, because, most of what happened on this entire path was that I'm an artist. I like painting. I want paint that I love. And so you make something you love and you come out with it and you've shown it to people and, and you have a group of people who have already kind of had the Kool-Aid even before they've been able to taste it. They've <laughs> seen it in action. But you're like, is that enough? You know, like, can we sustain? Because our, one of our big fears early on was that, hey, we'll come out with some paints and people might like them. But what if we don't? What if we don't get the following? You know, what if we can't break through that that kind of low ceiling, I guess, and and convince people that there's a reason to try a new paint line? You know, because and and it, the world's changed dramatically since we released in 2018, as you know, right now there's uh, there's tenfold more paint lines than there were when we were trying to come up, and and it's exciting to watch that I think people are more accepting of of having 
more options, but also, you know, they recognize when something has value. And I think that that was always the big concern is, you know, if they see the value, but we can't reach enough people, how do we then keep going for the people that love the value? You know, because to create a new paint is not cheap. You know, every every color we add takes us a lot of lab time and, and time out of, of the business, in the business, but out of just doing your normal day to day to discover all these new things. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that the people that love you are getting, you know, new stuff, too. So I mean, that's just running a business at some point. I can cry all I want, but everybody's just going to go, well, that's just part of what you do. Absolutely, man. And, and truly, you know, as far as the, the term, you know, when I think about ProCurl right now, you know, I, I think of it, it is more like an artisanal kind of paint. You know, it's not this mass produced. I mean, it is mass produced, but I mean, you think about, you know, and as far as I understand now, and as far as I've seen, you know, I've been in the situation where I go buy another brand's paint and it is nothing like the the exact same paint I just bought, you know, two or three months ago for a project. And it's like, well, now I got to figure this out, you know? And, and so like knowing that you are a, uh, you're an in-house company that everything goes by somebody's hands and some, you know, somebody's packing his paint. It's got, everybody's got eyes. It's not, you know, just this giant manufacturer and going through, you know, it's, it's refreshing, man. It, it is always kind of refreshing to, it's like, I, I will, you know, I will, I would pay a premium for that paint. Right. And it's like, but you know, here you are <laughs> even more affordable, you know, I love it, man. <laughs> I, it's, it's a win-win all around. It's, it's pretty wild to me. So Thank you. I, 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 I appreciate that. You've noticed it, it's kind of like the the perfect storm. You've noticed all the things we sat around the table saying, hey, I wonder if anybody will notice this stuff. You know, it's like we are small. Um, you know, we still consider ourselves small even as we grow um, and that we always have something new to learn. But I think the core of it is make great products. And, I, you know, you mentioned something before, but our, our internal motto is do cool stuff with cool people. Yeah. And that resonates everything from the people we hire, the people we call customers and community members and family, ultimately, and then the partners that we work with as well. Right. So, you know, being able to just create new avenues to, to make new stuff, even this interview on a podcast, you know, with another cool community member is a big thing because it, it allows us to see different aspects of the community than we uh, see on a regular daily basis. Because there's a lot of times where we just get hung up in our, our discord and our stream in our office. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And so you like, you know, you miss what, what might be driving new, uh, uh, fun stuff in the community. And so we try to, to, you know, keep our eyes open and to see what's next. And, and the, the good product is the core of that, you know, making sure that it, it feels like that when somebody gets it in their hands that it's like, Oh my gosh, how did I not know this existed before? That's what I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm saying. That's I felt one of the like... biggest things we ever hear is it, how did I not know about you before I spent all my money on brand X? And, uh, and we're trying to get better at that. <laughs> we're really horrible at talking to people that, that, uh, that don't know about us already, but we're getting better. We're trying I, I will say whose ever idea it was to package 24 paints in, in the price box that y'all did. If it wasn't you, whoever it was, they deserve a massive raise. Cause that thing, I would imagine y'all go through plenty of those boxes. Cause. That- oh yeah. Yeah. The base set, the, the, the line first started with 29 colors and they, and it was the only 29 colors we had. We were, we already had the plan for the next expansion set, expansion set one. But on launch, it was 29 paints that we had that had been confirmed and that we liked the the quality of and matched the colors and all that. Um, and and that was the base set originally. It was 29. 
but it included the 24 that you know and love now plus five metallics. And then the expansion set one included four more metallics. And what we, what we ultimately did is broke all the metallics out into their own set because believe it or not, a lot of people are like, Hey, don't use metallic paints. You know, do you have a way to buy all these colors in a set that doesn't include the metallics? So we wound up, you know, decreasing it down to 24, but it really worked, wound up working very, very well. Um, and, and that was just part of the original group. We had other partners when we, when we first started as monument, they're no longer with us, but, um, you know, that was, that was a, a bunch of us just sitting around the table and working through all these things we're talking about, you know, like trying to guess what people are going to like when they're already faced with a whole world of opportunities and other paint lines. We were like, well, let's just create the best value you, we can and give them the colors that when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, if I were going to start in, into a, a paint line, these are all the colors I would want. Um, and so that's what we did. And it's, it's lasted the, the t stood the test of time, you know, so to speak. And, uh, and also was the, the kind of defining factor for how we do our sets. We just do the expansion set thing where it's not, none of the colors really make sense on a whole yeah. necessarily. Um, it's just the next 12 colors we came out with went in a box and, and people really like it. Love it, man. I, I absolutely love it. I, I love the box sets idea. I, I love that you separated the metallics because, you know, there are those people that they do not use metallics, you know, that's NMM all the way to all day. So having yep. that option, it's, you know, and that's exactly what I did. Core box set metallic. Uh, I've got to get in y'all's y'all's wash game. Uh, I, you know, I've, yeah, the wash is great. Washes look great. I can't wait for your varnishes, man. They, they look excellent. I saw the stream for that. Oh, um, awesome. So definitely, definitely looking forward to a lot of things y'all are coming out with. Uh, stepping away from the actual, the, the pro curl side for a second, mm -hmm. ju just because, you know, I think we've sold that to everybody. Uh, <laughs> looking at your, your bags, your go bag, you know, a lot of oh, that stuff. Yeah. Who, where'd that brain come from? Like wh whose brain did that come out of? Cause you know, there, there is truly, truly, I, I, I traveled for work for a couple for, for almost two and a half, three years. And I, I didn't get to do any gaming or anything like that for Warhammer. And it was kind of one of those things where I still, that just like in your case, you know, that is my decompression, right? I get off yeah. of work, I go sit down, turn on some TV and, and just paint. It clears me out, gets everything moved out, right? And I looked for every single option to travel, right? I looked for every single option. What, what can I do? You know, I, I, I looked for, uh, uh, you know, trying to get a Pelican case that I could just, you know, put on a table and flip yeah. up and all that jazz. Yeah. And then, you know, two or three weeks ago, you know, it finally shows up in my Facebook ads. I'm like, what is this thing? You know, like, yeah. where did that even come from? How, like, what, what, what drove the need for that? Well, so it's funny because the go bag is one of our longest standing products. We, it was the second thing we made, as a matter of fact, maybe the third. I, I, I can't remember if the go bag or the brush soap came first, but they were around the same time. So we made brushes and we came out with what we call our Bombwick brushes. They were initial sable line. And then um, short on the heels of that, we created a bag that was meant to carry your brushes and your paints in. And it was designed to carry all sorts of paints. And, um, you know, we, we did that. It carried uh, 48 paints and had a layer of pluck foam for your models. And mm -hmm. it was just a little cubic foot. It was about one cubic foot. I think it was nine and a half by 11 by 11 or 10 and a half or something like that bag. Shoulder strap, easy. Um, had a storage compartment up top for all your tools and a storage, another zipper storage compartment for your paints and your models. And, um, and it was a great deal. It was neat. It was in a small package. Uh, it worked really well. It was never 
the exact bag I wanted to design. When I designed the original go bag, I was like, what I really want is a workstation, but I didn't have the know-how or the contacts in that industry of making bags to get it done the way I was comfortable doing it. So we made the go bag. Uh, we, we made what we could uh, as a small business. And sometimes the limiting factor is what you can afford. Sometimes the limiting factor is what you know. Sometimes it's a combination of all of that. It was kind of a combination of all of that. We just didn't have all the, the things we needed um, to get there. And then after selling the go bag for a few years, well, more than that, right? Because I... I designed the the Go Bag Evo, which is the current edition of the Go Bag. It just dry, it dropped the same day the Signature Series paints did in January of this year, as a matter of fact. Um, and we started designing that in oh gosh, maybe January of last year. I think it might have predated that. Some of the ideas predated that, but actual getting down to the mechanics of it um, and working with an engineer to see, hey, fill in the gaps on what I don't know. You know, yep. we learned a lot on how to deal with fabric and how to deal with supporting fabrics to carry weight and all the things you need when you're putting, you know, up to 96 bottles of paint in a bag. So the mechanical engineering of it got a little a, a little crazy. But, yeah, we started designing it. And then last year we went through, we got the samples in about mid-year last year and we're blown away with the quality and we made some minor tweaks and adjustments. But that was a bag I always wanted to make. The current bag is my dream bag, and it's the thing that I, I had the idea for. Um, you know, it, it went through a bunch of iterations of possibilities, and this is the form factor that, you know, again, when you're designing products, it has to meet a lot of needs, and it was the most portable, functional, and valuable solution we could come up with. And, you know, it, it just works, man. It's great. It carries 96 paints. It can carry just about everything else you can stuff it. The biggest problem we have is that it carries so much stuff that people will overweight it and it'll be so heavy you can't pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like, well, you know, it's kind of like giving somebody a big moving box and then they put all their books in it. And you're like, well, the reason why they call the book box is the kind of like the medium small one yeah. is because you can't pick it up if you put books in the big one. And, um, you know, so people learn very quickly. They're like, oh, gosh, it holds so much. I can't get it off my desk. But um, we, we really did. We wanted to make something that was just as good on the go as it was at home so that you could, for those of us that don't have a, a dedicated paint spot at your house, which is funny because I don't. You know, we have a yeah. full studio for painting here at the, at the office at HQ. But when I go home, I don't have a painting station um, because I do 99.9% .9 of my hobby here at the office. Um, and so you, you don't think about that. And I'm like, you know, there'd be like a weekend where I'm like, I don't want to drive to the office, but I want a hobby, you know? And Jen's like, well, you need to bring stuff home. You know, <laughs> you have this go bag, you have all this stuff. And so now I can't, now we have a, you know, a workstation that travels with you and it can sit on your dining room table or your kitchen table or your desk that you use for work or whatever. And then you can just clear it out. So, yeah. So it's my brainchild and, and it has been such a huge success. We were really scared of that one because it's the single it's even larger in, is that right? I feel like it's the single largest investment for design and product development that we've ever done. I, it, the paint may still, if you added it all up, the paint's more expensive because every color is an additional investment. But initial product launch, the the new go bag is the single largest thing we've ever done. Yeah, it was it was so crazy when, you know, I, I definitely, I, I saw the Facebook ad and I was like, man, that thing's awesome. And then I went to the Battle Pub and I saw it in person. You have one, yeah. And it was just like, oh my goodness, this is 
everything it, it, it's so obvious that you're a traveler and a war gamer it's so obvious that you like if that's your brainchild it's so obvious that you would utilize this because you can tell where certain things have been created specifically for traveling and, and for your hobby gaming and stuff like that because you're, you're always going to see something gets missed in these like these other non-specific to war game if like just a modeling kit will not have war game specific stuff it's like this is specifically for you know painting miniatures on the go wherever you're at oh yeah and, and when i saw it i was just like this would have been incredible this was exactly what i envisioned you could tell it was a a uh, a work of passion for you know <laughs> like it was it, it, yeah, and it's funny because you know we're in this industry. We're kind of stuck using. I don't want to say the 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 table scraps of other industries, yep. but it is kind of when you work in in niche industries that don't necessarily have the the purchasing power. Um, you know, Games Workshop can obviously probably go build anything they want. They're the big elephant in the corner. But you know, for the smaller businesses uh, in our industry, it's tough to just design something new because you know, you're talking about tooling up things that require you to make millions of them before it becomes cost effective. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's the same reason why, uh, you know, a lot of miniature co corporations can't do, uh, you know, uh, molded plastics. You mm -hmm. know, they can't do high-impact polystyrene plastics. They have to do, like, PVCs because you have to start at a lower cost factor. And so a lot of resin, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, the Siocast guys have made miniature manufacturing a lot easier at a lower cost. So there's a lot of neat invention happening there. But the same thing with with bags, you know, and it, it blew my mind as I learned after doing our initial go bag how how much you have to invest and how much you have to be willing to buy in order to learn. And we were again, we just find the right partner. So we found a really, really good partner who really loved what we did, loved the idea and the vision we had and hadn't created anything like that. And we were like, this is what we need. It, it needs to be very specific to our industry because we didn't want to make something that was just an, you know, Oh yeah, they use it for scrapbooking and we can make it work for painting. You know, we were like, no, we want a miniature painting case. I want it to look like this. It needs to have this angle. It needs to be comfortable when you carry it, no matter which way it's facing. And, you know, and, and we've met a firm that was like, got it, we'll make it, you know? And, and they, I mean, it took us, I will call it one and a half samples of physical samples to get to production with this because those guys just saw my vision, ran with my vision and made it work, you know? And I, and like I said, I'm enough of a, a, a walking disaster when it comes to mechanical <laughs> engineering that I can kind of, you know, I can get in, in trouble. <laughs> so the initial idea goes a little bit further, but it, it wound up being really cool. We love it. And it, and it sold out. I mean, our first run sold out and, you know, it, it's pretty amazing to us because it was, like I said, it was scary because you're like, again, like the paints, it's like, well, I like it. So I'll have the mo the world's most expensive hobby bag if nobody <laughs> else digs it. Um, and we just sold out like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago of the first run of the bags. And we'll have more here in a week or two. So um, it's tremendous. Yeah. It's been great. Man, just, uh, just home run after home run. It must be, it must be so nice over there. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. You know, nobody gets to see the the other ones. <laughs> nobody gets to see the stuff that when we get the sample back, it's like, ooh. It's like that is not. not that. No, no, no. Yeah, we have, we have stuff that we'll sample, and we get. You know, we just had a meeting today, and our we have our weekly marketing meeting on Wednesdays, and so we sat down with the team, and you know, I, I always like to tell the guys here that you know, I don't, I don't care if we have duds. I want to figure out their duds much earlier in the process. Absolutely. You know, I don't want to figure it's a dud after we've released it to you guys. Absolutely. You know, if you get it and it's a dud, we have a problem. 
you know, if we design something that we all think is the best thing ever, and then we get the sample back and it's a dud, fine. Put it in the closet, forget we ever did it, and don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like that's fine. I don't mind that at all because you can't be creative if you're if you're stifling yourself by saying if it's not a hit, we don't want to hear it. Um, you know, you have to be willing to risk it failing in order to get to higher ground, and that's what we do. Now, luckily, when you're dealing with paint, it's really like you know very quickly if the color is going to work. You know that happens very early in testing. Stuff like the bag, a little bit trickier. You know, yep. because again, oh, it's yeah. the most expensive single ticket item we sell, um, you know, unless you were to buy the whole paint line, uh, you know, it's, it's 195 at retail. And we were like, oh, you know, the previous bag was $69. And so at 195, we're like, well, here we go. But like you, you, you probably saw one in the shop, you know, we get uh, a lot of people that are like, oh my God, $200 for a bag for paints. And then they go see it. And they're like, oh, I get it. Now. Yes. A hundred percent. That was a hundred percent me. Until you have it in your hand and you feel how durable and rugged this thing is, and how uh, like it it is a hefty bag, right? Yeah. And then yeah. once everything starts opening up and you start finding more pockets that you didn't know about, and you realize that you have tons of space, and you feel the foam, and you feel how good that foam feels, and you're just like, oh, I get it now. This is yeah. this is a luxurious bag. You know, this is a very nice nice bag yeah. so and it's awesome because now we've been able to design a whole offshoot of accessories for it that'll be coming hopefully by the end of the year we'll have some fun stuff for people and more stuff you can put on the current bag and a smaller version of the same thing so it'd be fun oh fantastic fantastic well man uh i've, I've been chatting your ear off for 15 minutes here so uh, <laughs> uh definitely i know you're busy i 100 percent appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to even talk to me and, and just give us a just some brief insight on you guys um Tell, tell us, Mitt, where, where can people find you? What do you guys offer? It, just, this is your moment to just tell everybody, you know, self-promote, you know. Uh, Holy cow. Let us know. Best paint in the world, buy it all. Um, so, yeah, you can find us at monumenthobbies.com. Uh, it, it, we sell direct uh, to customers on the website, but we also have a fantastic network of retailers around the world. Uh, we're distributed worldwide uh, through our partners, so we have a store locator on the site as well. I always try to push people towards the store locator to see if there's a store close by that they can support, um, uh, especially if you're overseas and not in the United States, because we're here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, if you're overseas, definitely use the store locator. Find a, a dealer in a country nearby, if not a, a, a township nearby, so that you don't have to uh, uh, pay an ungodly amount of shipping <laughs> to get our stuff to your door. Uh, we are amazingly easy to find. We've got distribution uh, directly in Australia, the UK, the EU, um, and Canada. Uh, so, you know, you can get a dealer. We've got a, a great dealer in Singapore. Uh, we've got a great dealer in South Africa. We've got people all over the planet. So um, all of our products should be easy for you to grab. If you ever have a question, contact us at support at monumenthobbies.com. We'll answer any questions you got. Um, and then, of course, the best resource that we have is our live stream, you know, on Twitch TV, uh, Monument Hobbies. Uh, it's Monument underscore Hobbies on Twitch, I believe. Um, and, and we live stream five days a week. So, uh, for a minimum of two hours a day, myself and, uh, our studio painter, Jordan Lamb, uh, will answer questions and put the paint to the test right in front of you. Uh, there's no, there's no Hollywood studio effects. Uh, you know, you, you jump on, you ask questions, we show you how to you do it, whether it's a technique you're struggling with or whether you just want to know more about our products or, like I said, and it, it, 
it sounds funky when you hear a company talk like this sometimes. I know I'm just a consumer and a hobbyist like everybody else, but we really, our, our main goal is to get more people pumped up about the hobby. Um, whether you use our stuff or someone else's stuff, we just want to know that you're having fun putting paint on models and rolling dice and blowing stuff up. That's our whole goal. And uh, so that's what we do on the stream. So it's a great place to come and meet cool people and hang out. You've been there yourself, so you mm -hmm. know the community's great. Um, and, and always a good way to push our products and show you how great the, the Kool-Aid of Procrill, as you said, really is. So. It truly, truly is, man. And it, it's so rare that you can just, you know, in the middle of a live stream, ask the, uh, ask the head honcho of a company a question in regards to their product, right? Like yeah. it's right there, right there in the middle of the Twitch stream. Hey, what's going on with this? Oh, well, since you ask, you know, like I'm, I'm right here live. Five People days a week. People are blown away by it. They're like, wait a minute, you're slow fuse, you're the guy. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm just a dude. I'm just like you guys. I, I, I am still just a lover of the hobby. Uh, I've been doing it for over 40 years. And, you know, I'm still, you know, on the live stream painting 42 battle mechs for my battle tech <laughs> battalion, you know, because the only reason is because I'm jazzed. I don't need 42 mechs. I just want them to all look the same, you know? And so it's. <laughs> I'm just having fun. I it, and it's it's brilliant. I, we love it. We love the community, the support that everybody has shown. The guys like you that asked to interview us. You know, you uh, we love this. You know, because this is like I said, getting to integrate back out into the broader world of of gaming in general, and uh, and it keeps the blood pumping through our veins as much as it does everybody else's. So thanks for having me. Hey man, well we definitely appreciate you putting putting your time and your effort into bringing valuable valuable hobby products to us right and so you stuck your you. neck out to make superior products for us and we definitely appreciate what you've done for us in that sense you know it's yeah, just gonna awesome. i need to keep you around you're a big boost that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kool-aid man you know you just need it's something that fro kill oh, once you. you lick the brush it's something something happens so thank you that's great <laughs> well it's been, it's been a great time talking to you man i, I definitely appreciate you on that one glad being on anytime <laughs>